This week on Tea with Queen and Jay, we rarely talk about interracial relationships here because so what? But we've got a whole ass black woman married to a whole ass white man and things get racist at our house. So here we go. We also give a quick New York Comic Con recap and one of our favorite cosplayers gives us a deep dive into what she calls her fat black geek life and the role of white supremacist patriarchal capitalism in fandom and beyond. It's Tea with Queen and Jay, people. Drink up. All right. Hey, girl. Hey, what's up? Nothing. What's up with you? Nothing. Chilling. How are you? Fine. How did you spend your Indigenous People Day? Oh, I was recovering from New York Comic Con. So I was at home. I cleaned up a little bit. I talked to my dog a little bit. Yeah. I I stayed off social media. Mm. Um, So it was good. How was yours? Um, I was just home. I was kind of home all weekend Uh doing lots of like work catching up on everything like even like my own life like i reorganized my bedroom okay um purge a lot of stuff because y'all know i like to throw shit away so right. i threw man shit away my cat was looking at me like what the fuck are you doing um Good. found new crevices to hide in because you nice. know how cats are or whatever but nah i had a nice chill weekend all right I had a nice chill indigenous people day well here we I are i was actually on social media today i haven't really been on and it's still trash so good to know (laughs) thanks for the update welcome to tea with queen and jay we We are two two womanist race nerds talking talking shit over tea dismantling white supremacist patriarchal capitalism one episode at a time time. i'm queen i'm jay and and this is tea with with queen and jay did y'all hear that that was another there's another ow in the room that's right our friend author cosplayer talon kell of talonkell.com is hanging out with us today and so if you hear another voice on the mic that's talon say hey hey Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to follow the conversation being had on this podcast, you can do so by using our hashtag, hashtag Tea with QJ. We love when you use that on all the social media, so Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Instagram stories. Use that shit. We love it. And then also use the hashtag Podin that allows other people on the internet to find us. So use both of those hashtags while listening to the show. That's right. We are recording this spot of tea episode. Ha ha ha. Oh, you mixed it together. I did it. I put it together as one. Spot of tea episode. No segments. We're in it. We quit it. Um, We are recording at ICN. Sound like a man. (laughs) These are the man episodes. Sorry. Sorry. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to bring that negativity into our lives. We're recording at ICN Studios. Please be sure to check them out online at ICN.DJ. I have some libations, but Queen, can you tell us what libations are? Yeah, so libations are when we pour some for the people, places, and things that give us black joy. So we pour some for the homies. Yeah, I just like saying homies. <laughs> so I say that <laughs> along with that. Ancestors, all of them people, we pour them for that. So Jay, what is your libation i actually have a few libations but i know you only have one here so i'm gonna throw it back to you yes okay so my libation is short and sweet we are actually first announcement of the show hey <laughs> are now on spotify oh my goodness it only yeah. took us forever because spotify was hating on soundcloud you wanted us to change our host but you know what we didn't and we stuck with soundcloud and uh-huh. now we're on spotify sure. but anyways so the way we got on spotify was mikey g his at name on twitter is don't hack mike he's one half of the we 
we leave you this yes we leave you this podcast and he hit up hit me up in my dms and was like yo here's a link to get on spotify yeah like, yo dope thank you and it's like we talk about all the time about podcasting and the community you build and how mm-hmm. we all you know each one teach one and all of that shit yep. so it was just great to have someone just pop in my dms just because they just knew some shit and was like here's the link get on spotify and now we on that shit yeah nice so yeah. libations to you thank that's you right. mikey g thank you so much i really really and be sure to check that. out his podcast yes that's right Once science again, happening in there we leave you this yeah it's him and his wife who do the podcast and they both work in stem science <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny, but it is. Because weird science. That's how I was doing. Y'all remember that movie? No. Okay, forget that. That's the one where they make the um the woman, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because that's what white men care about. That's they? all the movies in the 80s. Yeah. You're going to make a woman I'm a fuck. nerd. I'm going to make a woman to fuck. Yeah. yeah so. Okay. Thank you for that. That's fucking dope. Thank you, Mikey. So what are your libations? So most of my libations, all of them actually are New York Comic Con related. Of course. Yes. I was there this past weekend. It was fucking lit. I had an amazing time. I ran into a bunch of people that I was excited to see. I actually ran into Tina who I didn't recognize, Tina, old school throwback Tea with Queen and Jay listener. I saw it on your Instagram story. I was like, oh shit. Yeah. I don't know. Is her, is her at name on Twitter used to be Nice White Lady? I don't it's know. Still if it's, that. Is it? Okay, mm-hmm. fantastic. So you can check her out there. We also, if you want to listen back, we also did an episode with her and, um, and May. I don't you know, know time. I don't. Oh, May. Yeah, that's her name. What you doing in a month? I was like, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, her name is May. <laughs> I didn't make up. We did. We did an episode with Tina and May back in the day. Episode 83 was about disability. Mm -hmm. And so we talked about that shit. We talked about the intersections of race and disability in that episode. So please check it out. It is a long episode, but everybody needs it. So go back and listen to that one. Tina, it was great seeing you. What's good. Also, my favorite thing to do at cons is to go to panels and that's where i learn a lot of shit that's mm-hmm. where i see like what's new what's out there who's new who's inter- yeah. interesting what's going on or whatever i went to this really amazing panel moderated by dr shamika mitchell she is a professor at suny rockland I'm and happy there's a doctor named shamika that's right yes go dr shamika. go black muslim dr shamika and her panel was called Salam Nerds and Geeks, Islam, Fandom, Comics, and Pop Culture. And the hashtag for that panel or just, I would say, geekdom and fandom within Islam or from Muslim folks, you can use the hashtag Salam Fandom. And that's S-A-L-A-A-M-F-A-N-D-O-M. It was lit. I saw like on people's Instagram stories or like pictures and I was like oh I want to be there but I don't really want to talk about that but I was right. <laughs> look at the look at the Muslims playing I don't it know it was good like, yeah, and, that, yeah. and that's what I liked that's what I liked about it was seeing different types of nerds and geeks in yeah. this space doing mm-hmm. their thing there were women in hijab in full cosplay yeah. it was mm-hmm. a whole front row of women in hijab in cosplay and it was just That's nice. Dope. Yeah, it was really, really nice to see. And Dr. Shamika made sure to have black Muslims on the panel, Arab Good. Muslims on the panel. It was a really diverse Good. panel, diverse perspectives. There were Arab Muslims who were non-immigrant, who were like American Muslims yeah. and those who were immigrant Muslims. So it was just nice. She had 
Muslims from around the globe send in video of like what they're working on so and like dope. comics. That, it was like she made sure to pack in as much as she could because mm-hmm. she she said she had been trying to get that panel at New York Comic Con for like three years and she was finally able to do it. So she wanted to really show up for the Muslim community. Yeah. So it was just really nice and refreshing. And I think that as a non-Muslim I or as a non whatever it is, right? So I generally go to... If it doesn't sound, whatever the title is, if it doesn't sound redundant or like something I just did or people yeah. I already saw, I'll mm-hmm. usually go to the diversity panel. I usually go to the black panel of this. I'll, I'll go to the women panel or black women panel or whatever. Yeah. But I think it's important that we also show up for other um, marginalized groups yeah. doing shit. So I was like, oh, let me go see what they're doing in there. Let me see what this group is doing yeah, or whatever. Generally because like Muslims are POCs for the most right. part anyways. Right. So, right. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, okay, let me see what's going on. So it was really enlightening. I really appreciated the ways in which she talked about how some of the artists who she featured use their artistry to highlight like faith and religion and Mm -hmm. others just happen to be Muslim creators. And so Mm -hmm. I liked how she was like, you know, I don't want to get into this discussion of how you should use your art, but just highlight people who are doing different things. And then you guys just tell us what you like. So it was really interesting to see the ways in which she navigated that and the ways in which everybody exhibited their nerddom you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying or explored yeah, that, that. so really it was cool. great I, I loved it yeah. i felt fed when and refreshed I, saw it online, and shit. I was like i would be there uh-huh i would go to that one then leave yeah. <laughs> wow <laughs> it was good it was good i don't i don't know if she has it online but i'll definitely put the name at mm-hmm. least of this panel in the show notes and the hashtag so that you all can Maybe you search the hashtag and see what's yeah, out I am. there. Yeah, I don't know the hashtag. Yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah, yeah. So hopefully, hopefully we can see. Maybe we can see a video of the panel or or something. Um, but it was fucking lit. I had an amazing time. I also want to give libations to black people in general. I also want to give libations to a women in comics collective. They did a panel. They threw a little party. Their presence, I thought at the con was really well, was really um, nice and welcoming. And it was good to have them there. And I ended up by accident at another women in comics panel. It was not affiliated with them. They just happened to be women. It was just a women's panel. Yeah. And naturally there were no black women on the panel. Mm -hmm. So that was like, I got there late. So I was like, I don't have time to engage in this. So I'm just sit here. I was just there for another panel. So I'll just sit here and wait till they leave. But it's just continues to be irritating that we, we have to, if we don't make a women in comics panel, there will be no black women elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If the women's group is not led by black women, then where do we fit in? Do, are we even invited to the party? You know what I'm saying? No. No. Why? No, right. So well, nobody want no good potato salad, so exactly. they're not gonna invite us to the party. They just want that mayonnaise stuff. <laughs> so weird. So yeah, so libations to women in comics collective. Also, I wanted to just highlight for anybody who wants to see like a good like roundup of the of New York Comic Con. Um, For All Nerd Show was there making videos and doing all type of like you know creating content and shit. That's formerly Fanbro Show. They were there, so definitely check them out, check their podcast out, check out their website. Also, there are a lot of our black nerd friends working behind the scenes at Sci-Fi Wire. So our friends Ty the Robot and the Blurred Girl were there creating content, doing amazing work. So be sure to check out Sci-Fi Wire for some of the things they were working on. Yes, so I'm not going to mention the name of the panel, but it was a uh, black nerd and geek focused panel mm-hmm. and one of the women there was not i don't know for sure whether or not any of the panelists were, were queer as far as i know they were not and if they were there was no discussion of yeah. that and so 
a black trans woman uh, who also identified as queer got up and asked the question, which I recognize this question because I've asked this question as a black woman before yeah. um, in spaces where we were not present. But uh, she asked the question, basically, what do we have to do or what do queer folks have to do to what do we have to do to make sure that there are queer there's queer representation within the nerd and blurred space? Yeah. And um, she asked this question and she used she she went kind of into like a long she gave us an education she gave everybody in the room an education which mm-hmm. i don't have the the width the yeah. range to repeat or to even properly paraphrase but the, and i appreciate you for that right i will not i will not but yeah. she did give all of us an education and she asked that question and the the initial answer to that question was i would say the answer that white men give black folks when we ask yo how do we make sure that we're included? do it yourself do it yourself create your own content talent you were there right yep. create your own content yep. make your own shit assert yourself make space for yourself and all of that bullshit when you know that you're a marginalized person is more challenging yeah. for you to do and so if you are a uh straight cis black person you know what i'm saying you have privilege over trans folks yeah period it's harder for yeah. trans folks to get into the door. So, yeah, but I mean, we were kind of talking about that, where it's this thing where instead of looking out for everybody, people just be out for self. Right. Like, right. all the time. Yeah. It's like they like don't... white man. Yeah. Yes, which is yeah. why you said, yeah, because yeah. they just want to get to that position mm-hmm. and then maintain that position that's for them right. and their friends. That's right. And that's it. It's yeah. not about actually opening the door for anybody else or even bringing anybody else along with yeah. them that's not, you know, in their actual specific community. And Absolutely. that's... It's ugly. Yeah, it was gross. So two people answered her question, and those two people spent the first three quarters of their answer telling her to do it herself, create her own space, da da da. Like she's not also a black person who knows that already, yeah. right? Niggas know that. We know that. That's not yeah. what she was asking. We specialize in making exactly. Our own shit. That's just exactly yep. all of the black right. culture in this fucking country yes. is that we don't need a lecture in that. Yes, that's not why she asked the question. Exactly. The question is. What do we as a community do yes. of of a, a community who centers straight folks, straight cis folks, because straight cis folks center themselves yes. and silence others? What do we do to make sure that we're being inclusive of queer folks? Yeah. What the fuck do we do? And so eventually after... At the tail end. At the tail end of I'm going to sound like a white man, these two people who responded finally said, you know, and it's up to people, it's up to black folks with privilege, it's up to cis straight people to do something, I have to, you know, take responsibility. And then the guy was like, you know, I have to, as a straight man, take responsibility and realize and da da But they said all of this. So before, I've been to panels like this before when that wasn't said at all. Mm -hmm. And so now it's being said but it's being said at the tail end of answering and responding like a white man yeah you know what I'm saying? do it yourself pull yourself up by your bootstraps Girl, yeah it was enraging Wake up yes. At 5 yes defend your white woman friend right get no sleep <laughs> so she can have her spot at the museum <laughs> no shade wow <laughs> Ooh, yikes i'm just saying wow <laughs> That's what be happening. But like, I mean, it it comes back to that intentionality, you know? And so like, 
the the big thing now that people keep talking about is that we shouldn't be intentionally like it should just naturally happen no. like the way that we've been oppressed did happen intentionally you know mm-hmm. and so like and so you hear this I mean yeah. I get this dialogue a lot where they're just like you know it just seems weird for me to go out of my way to specifically find a trans person no, to fill this spot doesn't. and I was like you know what that's the only way they're going to get that spot Hello. so do it oppression just is do it. strategic mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. and intentional yep. so you have to be so strategic you, and intentional, intentional to change it we were in what was supposed to be a safe space of black folks all it was in a huge room all the black nerds who was at the con we weren't all in there but we filled up that room okay as many of us could fit was in there because we wanted to be there together supporting one another and talking to one another and even when within that space the natural inclination for these two black folks who are employed and have have uh following and all of that their natural inclination was to respond like a white man in power. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That, so, because that's the natural thing to do. Because yeah. that's what the white man has done, and that's what they've taught well, us to do. You know, and part of that also is that who's who's watching them, right? And they're very aware of who's watching them. And they want mm-hmm. those spots again, right. right? And so that's why they do that. Mm-hmm. And you could just tell when you get a panel that's full of indie creators who aren't associated, yeah, affiliated with a, with, a, with a big conglomerate or something. Right. Yep. Then the answers change. The yeah. conversation changes. It's just like yeah. it's different when you have a bunch of women on the panel versus a bunch of men on the panel. Yeah. The mm-hmm. conversation becomes about what it is to actually live that space as opposed to, you know, kissing ass of the people who are signing your check. Yeah. Right. And so it would have been a different conversation if, mm-hmm. you know, like most of it wasn't corporate people up right. there, right. you know, and mm-hmm. that's un- the unfortunate part of it. I think everybody up there except for one person yeah. was corporate. Mm-hmm. To quote Kanye West, and when they get on, they leave your ass for a white girl. That's what the fuck <laughs> happens. That's what they that do is. know. Like they yeah. literally, and this is it's so problematic. This is so prevalent in geek spaces. They mm-hmm. cultivate these geek spaces that are specifically supposed to be safe for marginalized populations, for mm-hmm. oppressed populations, and then they turn around and be like, "And now we're going to get white people to like it." Get down, yeah. girl. Now go we ahead, want there's some whiteness in there. Get down, go ahead, get down. <laughs> when they sat back oh and God. like during the whole panel, like. The moderator was like, oh, I'm just going to talk about, you know, we're talking about inclusion. And that doesn't mean that, you know, white people can't be here. And I was like, nobody said you had to even say that. Yeah. You didn't have to bring up white people at all. You yeah. did that of your own volition. Why? You True. inserted whiteness in this conversation so that's supposed to be a black ass space. And they can keep it by No, nah, man. That was so unnecessary. Ahead, so through. unnecessary. I was so pissed off. You have no oh, idea. No. I started talking to the person behind me like, yo, yeah. yo, yeah. this is unacceptable. Right. What are they doing? They started doing that black exceptionalism shit too i was like what are y'all talking about what do you mean you can't see mediocre black movies see Mm -hmm. mediocre black movies somebody yes someone just to give context someone (laughs) on the panel somebody on the panel said you know we have to make sure that we're supporting black shit but that doesn't mean to support mediocre shit it means support good shit what what i got from it but i do agree with what you're saying right i got a little bit from it that like it doesn't mean we have to support every Every black thing. thing Because there's right. that thing too, where it's just like it's black, just go support. But it. the whole qualifying of it that way, right, right, we're right, looking right. to support black created content that appeals to you, that mm-hmm. speaks to you. What speaks to you doesn't won't necessarily speak to me, right, won't necessarily speak right. to everybody in that room. Yeah. So you find the stuff you want that you want to yeah. find, and to sit back and say no, it has to be good or and bad. And I think that's the that's other that thing. hierarchical right. type of thinking. But it's that's hierarchical. what happens. Those sounds like those black excellence people. Yes, that's it, exactly what a black excellence person. Yeah. But 
because it was hierarchical and i think the person who was who answered this question is not necessarily of a geek space and i think that there's a certain element of creativity that comes along with geek spaces like we know that there are whole groups of nerds who they like this thing that they know is garbage but that's a part of why <laughs> right. they like it why? so it's garbage we will, well because hollywood but we will like we will like something that we know is mediocre but it has this thing about it you know what i'm saying not and that's even, a, like that's like a nerd quality and I'm everyone good. does this but that's a nerd quality mm-hmm. but that because that person is not of this space she could have said no well yeah she could have said no to being on this panel yeah like i would say no somebody asked me to do nerd mm-hmm. stuff since i would mm-hmm. be like i you got people i don't have the range but listen know. you got people who are willing to step into every single space to build their following right. they're trying to expand in the different areas yeah. and so yeah i mean so my point my point really was my libation was for that black trans woman mm-hmm. for getting up and for doing that work and, and the education. So thank you yeah. for that and thank doing you for that, that labor. labor. It was yes. labor basically it was labor. because I've been there where you're asking a question. It's not a question. It's a statement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. She was yes. making a statement that had to be made. And she also was at Comic Con because she wanted to just like go somewhere and enjoy herself. Right. Yes. And I was like, now nah, I got to get up and do, do I got to be that person. And yeah. I actually, when they, when they started answering the question like white men, then I got up because I was like, we're not doing this today. And yeah. so I got up and i got in line behind her and i got on my knees just so i wouldn't be you know had big white hair on i'm like Mm -hmm. i'm not trying to like be a distraction or whatever so it ended up their conversation or their response to her ended up being a back and forth kind of conversation because she was also like nah yeah and they they brought it kind of brought it back around and i was like all right i'll let it go because i didn't want it to i didn't want to be redundant it seemed like they stopped being white men a little bit and so that was that but yeah it was disgusting and so just libations to her for putting herself <laughs> in the line of fire also because yep. she had to stand there and listen to Jay, that bullshit like, yep. you went up there on your you okay sis like, i really was because it was not okay <laughs> i was like no 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 that's not what we're doing today she did not sign up for this she did i mean like she did but i'm in this room she signed too. up for comic-con right. she did not sign up for that exactly no she didn't exactly we're not, not about to do it so libations libations to her as a black trans woman she also suggested that it be t l g b q i a um so i'm just bringing that here to the table you all do with it what you will gotcha, gotcha. all right so those are my libations yo you wanted to go back and do a libation yes okay i actually wanted to do a libation um erica hardison who runs uh, my yes. superheroes are black oh my god she's who got me actually at new york comic-con oh um, she yes was black one. women yes okay so she got me the badge um the press badge so that's that's, awesome. that's like the that's reason dope. i actually that's got to attend amazing. so she's dope. also i think dainty thug yes she does dainty thug podcast fabulous magazine i yes. think i think her handle is dainty thug on twitter right yes okay just had a baby just had a whole entire baby yep i was like wow we graduated yeah. from parasite the human go right. ahead fantastic then get back to business you know what well, she was trying to <laughs> she was actually trying to organize a meetup after at new york we know Comic-Con. we shouted it out on the show yeah. last week yeah. and, and gave like gave all the information and stuff and i hit her up i was like hey girl you know what's what's going on <laughs> she's like oh actually i had to cancel you know yada 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 oh she's like, i had to cancel i'm still in the hospital i was like oh wait a minute right still did you have what your, you mean did you have your baby yeah <laughs> she's like yeah 
I was like, yo, I would not have hit you up about this if I knew you were in a hospital, number one. And number two, having your baby. baby. I actually saw a picture of a baby. She was, <laughs> I saw a picture of a baby on Facebook that she was tagged in. But I it, I was like, that's not a baby. And I moved on. Because that was her whole entire baby. Because I would not be that highly functional. Right. Having a baby. What I'm saying. I, that's not the yes. life that I know. This is, that's like, it was, it was next level. I was like, why are you talking me. Yep. She's like still working. Anyway, the baby's name is Shuri. Is, she's beautiful. <laughs> Congratulations, Erica. We love and appreciate you. So yes, that's an awesome libation. Thanks for that talent. So tell us how to donate. Get into donations. Yes. And you can do that by going to our website, youthqueenandj.com. We ask for donations because it helps to sustain this podcast. Yep. Keep it going. This is a two-woman show. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we have a decent engineer. Hey, Marufu. Hey. And, yeah. So, mm-hmm. you don't care. You don't mind if I said your name on here, do you? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You could be on the run. Um <laughs> So, tbwithqueenandj.com, scroll down to, on our homepage, you just scroll down a little bit, and then there is where we give you two options. Two! The first option is our PayPal link. You press that, and you can give however much you want, whenever you want. There's no commitment there. And then we have our Patreon option, and that is where we're asking for a little more commitment. We're asking you to give us $2 a month. Two! And you could give more or left. That is up to you. Mm-hmm. But $2 a month is what we ask for. That is just $24 a year. That's it. And we use that to continue this show. That's and if right. you give us money, we shout you out on the show. Fantastic. So, and yes. if, I know we said this already, but if you like the $2 a month model, but you don't want to like have a recurring donation coming out, you could just shoot us that $24 in a PayPal. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yep, so yep, yep. there's that. Do you want to get into donation libations? Yes. So we got new Patreon subscribers. Our new subscribers are Melissa. Thank you so much. Thank you. Soria or Saria. Forgive me if I did not pronounce either of those correctly. And the homie Rod Rod. from the Black Guy Who Tips, yo. Welcome to our Patreon. Let me bite into my everything bagel. Oh, take a break. Bite your bagel. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you like this? Thank you. Thank you so much, Rod. We appreciate you, yo. We really do. We really, oh, really do. All the love and shit. Blame my mother. Okay. We also... Your mom is funny. Yeah. Y'all are ridiculous. We also have PayPal donations. We got one from Shelby. Shelby says, while I can't do the monthly payment, I'm committing to sending $2 for each episode I listen to. Episode 171 was great, Shelby. Thank you Shelby. so much, Shelby. We appreciate that, yo. Got a lot of episodes. That's a lot of two dollars. Hey. <laughs> I like that model. Thank you so much. Thank you. And then Jeff broke us off on the PayPal. And Jeff says, thank you, Queen and Jay, for your extraordinary wisdom and insights all the time and your effort you put into your terrific podcast. I appreciate you. Thank oh, you so much, we Jeff. We appreciate you too. Yes. That thank was awesome. You. Thanks so much, yo. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You have an announcement. Um, I've been saying this for a couple of weeks now, but um, as everyone knows that I'm starting my party series, um, it's Vixen First Fridays, and the first one will be on November 2nd. Come through, party with us. It's a safe place for POCs, queer folks, and everybody else. Everybody else. No oppression allowed. Nope. Leave that shit out the door. That's right. Or we will beat the shit out of you. <laughs> Whoa. No, I'm like, This I'm is joking. an NOI function. <laughs> You will be beaten at the back. You will be taken. Oh gosh, that's hilarious! But did yes. you used to go? Did you used to go to House of Nubian back in the day in yes. New York? Mm-hmm. All right, they had a sign that said "Shoplifters will be beaten." 
<laughs> Shout out to black people, yo. Shout out to black people. Oh, I should have a wall. We take pictures of the oppressors. We put them on oh, the wall. Wow. Like gonna, in a supermarket. We're going to put that in our office. <laughs> Tuesday Queen and JHQ is gonna oh, have shit. Those. So yes, come through the party is only ten dollars and the event bright link is in the show notes. It's gonna be lots and lots of fun. We're using the same DJ, DJ Fifi, that hey, Tuesday Queen and J yes. uses for all of us. So you already know what the vibe is gonna Ooh, be. Oh, I didn't know that's like, a surprise for me too. I'm come excited. Through, come through. Yes. I'm excited. We have another exciting oh my God. motherfucking announcement. Oh yo. my god. Are you gonna say it? I thought he was gonna give me another. Oh my god! Oh, oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> Yo, we're doing a live show. Oh shit! Oh shit! We're doing with Queen and Jayla. Hey, we're doing a live show December tenth in New York City. We're gonna give you more details. I'm telling you now, it's a motherfucking Monday. It's not gonna be super late. It's gonna be probably like right after work. I just need y'all to stop pretending like y'all respect going to work they don't y'all don't respect going they to work don't time. you don't respect that you don't respect school nights so don't <laughs> pretend that you respect these things yeah. on tea with queen and jay's time we're telling you in advance so that you have time to yes. make your arrangements for that being a late night for you yeah come get through. the sitter it's gonna be a lot of tell fun someone to walk your dog hello do, the things. do all the things so that you can come hang out with us we're trying to fill the space we want to see your beautiful faces in there we're happy to talk to each other like we do all the time yeah. but we'd love it if you joined us mm-hmm. it would be fucking lit so december 10th please show your face yes. bring your whites who you want to hear us so that they can spread the word yeah. of like dismantling white supremacy or leave them at home okay and uh whatever whatever it is <laughs> i'm like where's she going i just want this? you to come save the date yes. we'll have more details soon but mm-hmm. we just wanted to tell you to save this date in your calendar december motherfucking 10th okay you want to take a break? Yeah, let's take a break. Let's take a break. Money, 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 money. <laughs> do money! You, do you know what this year is? Um, What's this year? Well, it's 2018, but do you know what 2018 is all about? What every year is all about? Yeah, but like... Giving black women year. your money. Yes, give okay. black women your money. Hashtag pay black women, okay, yo. Okay, okay. So, so how do they give black women their money well they can start by giving us their money oh yes yes we do this dope ass women is race nerd podcast every motherfucking every week sometimes um, twice a week yeah yo (laughs) and we could use your loving motherfucking donations Um, we definitely can absolutely so how can you do that you can go to our website yo tvsqueenandj.com hit that donate tab Mm -hmm. and we have two options there two two you become a patron or you can just donate through PayPal. Yep. You choose. We mm-hmm. give you a choice That's right. on how you give us money. That's right. If you want to donate via Patreon, we're asking all of our listeners to break us off $2 a month. That's $24 a year. And if everybody who listens does that shit, we will have everything that we need to do everything we want to do for this podcast. Everything. And if you love us so much that you want to break us off a one-time donation, a multiple-time donation, or if you don't like the, the once-a-month kind of system, you can go to our PayPal and give us any amount of money we will take that shit we will love that shit we will appreciate that we shit will use that shit that's right so once again tea with queen and jay.com hit the donate tab and choose your donation method of choice oh my god we're gonna get money again <laughs> all the time yes and we're black all the time all right are you ready to get into the show let's get into the show after all this time okay let's do it let's do it what kind of tea are you drinking i'm drinking chai tea what kind of tea are you drinking i'm actually drinking green tea with lemon oh okay 
That's good. I saw one of our favorite cosplayers, Mike Flood, this weekend at Comic-Con. Hi, Mike. And he was like, don't talk to him that way. <laughs> just said hi. Oh, you were smiling while you did it. Because. It's inappropriate. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> and he was like, are y'all going to drink tea ever? <laughs> <laughs> Is there a tea that's like coffee that you can drink? Like, how can we get you to drink tea again? We drank tea right. last week. Okay, we're drinking it again tonight. All right. Look, it'd be it's hot. Tea with Queen and Jay. We're drinking motherfucking tea. It'd be hot. We're drinking tea. Okay. All right. All right. Hi, um, enough. <laughs> what What are your pronouns? pronouns? She and her. Talon, what are your pronouns? Uh, she, her, and they. Yay. Jay, what are your pronouns? Oh, thank you. My pronouns are she, her, they, them. Okay, okay. And what do you affirm for yourself today, Jay? I affirm for myself that per usual, I am not a lady, even though I was called a lady several times. I'm supposed to have to say weekend. all weekend. I'm I was. I was. I was actually with Ishoke once, and she was like, "We're just gonna get you a T-shirt made that says <laughs> you're not a lady." But um, I imagine this is what uh, trans folks deal with all the time. All the fucking time. So I'm managing. I am not a lady. I am wealthy and healthy i affirm that mm-hmm. and i affirm that i am loved i'm loved i'm cute i have friends yeah. and uh, i am not all the bad things that anxiety tells me that i am when i'm gotcha. feeling super anxious so anxiety is so, fucking annoying isn't it gotta, gotta get you some weed ridiculous yo. i i have uh i have a little bit i think i might actually need to actually call a therapist <laughs> like, oh, that too that yeah too. i do actually thanks to everybody who gave me like recommendations some people on facebook gave me new recommendations and so i'm actually gonna call some of those people okay. so thank you For right now do you have an affirmation i mean i affirm that next year i'm gonna make some money doing all this shit that you yep, doing for free that's right that i'm right. over this bullshit that's so yeah right. i affirm pay that's gonna happen black women pay black women okay Queen, what are you affirming for yourself? I'm affirming, as always, that I'm a bad bitch. I'm affirming that I am enough. And I am also affirming that I will quit my job yes. and come with it, come with it. Be self employed. Yes. And be financially abundant without trauma. Yes. Yes. Nice. Yes. That is what I'm affirming. That's right. I got an assist from one of my Twitter followers. She was mm. like, ask without trauma because the universe will give it to you. You got to be yeah. specific. That so nigga. being as specific as possible. Thanks for looking out, mm-hmm. girl. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that is my affirmation. I like it. Mm-hmm. Good shit. All right. Well, we have a guest. Yes. Like we said, super excited to have the homie Talon Kell in the building. Author cosplayer general bad bitch writer of all the things amazing writer all we know is bad bitches that's really that's, honestly that's, that's it. all we know that's it like an amazing writer y'all should read her shit yeah, really she has good. wrote written several books and um tell us who you are uh first of all it's only two books but oh is that is what is several more than two uh, yeah oh sorry <laughs> but, i mean it's gonna be several books. eventually that's an affirmation i don't know math that's an affirmation okay. yes. it will be several okay. in the future okay but you know right now it's two yeah um well you know i just i'm gosh so i just a cosplayer I, I write i actually didn't write for a long time like i wrote personally mm-hmm. but not publicly ever yeah. because you know how it go you go through the academic system and everybody keeps telling you that you ain't shit and right. you start them believing them on your mm-hmm. fucking paper mm-hmm. and you, you believe fight. it yeah. right and so yeah it took a long time for me to be like actually it took reading too many bad essays mm-hmm. for me to be like is this really what we doing here right. <laughs> like, these motherfuckers got published they got published <laughs> 
I know I could write some better shit than this. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I was like, I'm going to start writing stuff. But also, I was like, yeah, I got this whole thing happening with my marriage to this white dude. And Yo. I was looking for advice on that shit. And mm-hmm. all the advice was so bad. Bruh. Mm-hmm. Like, I read that essay today. And... Uh, it was. We we gonna get into. Yeah, it. we will. We gonna get it's into fucking. It. It's fucking lit. But you are. You're an amazing writer. Like, well, thank you. I know that you know this, but like, you're no, no, fucking amazing. Yeah. That well, was I like, that. wow. It I was, wormed holes was... into your sight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's a lot of dope shit happening. I kind of burned the pot because I was boiling water to make <laughs> pasta. I forgot because oh. I was. <laughs> Look at you! I was like, wow. Oh, shit. Oh well, Look guess that was some good shit. Yeah. <laughs> no, I always, I always enjoy your essays, and there's always something in there that I hadn't thought about before. And your, your two books now are a compilation of your essays. Can you tell us the name of those books again? Uh, Breaking Normal and Still Breaking Normal. So uh-huh. one of them is, you know, essays about my fat black geek life. The mm-hmm. second, Still Breaking Normal is, you know, uh, basically my life as a fat black you know, femme geek in mm-hmm. a, a white supremacist world. Right. Um, and so I'm like, that kind of sums up what the essays are about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then people are like, no, but what's it really about? And I'm like, what? Well, we had a white woman once. Yeah. <laughs> we told her what our show was about. And she was like, so how do you find topics? It was really it's weird. Like, <laughs> you just gave us one. Hey! Yes. About, yeah. Just like this. Yes, this is about what? to be a how whole... How do we find topics about oppression? It's about right? to be a whole topic. Like living? Ma'am. <laughs> Yeah. And I meant that with disrespect. Ma'am. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So that's really what it is. And it's like the first one was more of a this is my journey and figuring out myself. The second one I sat back and I was like, yeah, well, I got five categories in which I I'll, I constantly write about. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, my marriage. It was about uh, recognizing and confronting my personal anti-blackness and the anti-blackness of other black people. Gotcha. Um, it's holding white people accountable. Massage noir, which comes from all directions. Yeah. And then like fandoms and just dealing with all of that. And so mm-hmm. I was like, all the essays fall into like these categories. Yeah. So if you're looking for something to kind of give you perspectives on these five things, you should get the second one. If you just want to be like, oh, look at her gain confidence in her and you want to see that too like it changes throughout mm-hmm. like you see it but it that's what the first one's kind of gotcha. closer to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Fucking lit. i'm inspired because i have told myself many times that i would have a book of essays and i haven't have the essays but i didn't put them together oh <laughs> seriously but you yeah, just sit down so. and do it man mm-hmm. it's really it's really not a big deal. I mean, no, it's a big deal. It took a while. Mm-hmm. And me, I for mine, there were a lot of references because I was referencing a lot of different articles and stuff. Because gotcha. my audience, I'm st- I was still trying to figure it out, but I was writing for a particular site, the establishment, which is run by pre- mostly white women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I was like, okay, you're going to have this mostly white audience, and I'm going to say this shit, and they're going to be like, prove it. And I'm like, let me give mm-hmm. you, like... Mm-hmm. 40 articles that's proven right. that's, and that literally happened with one where I actually stopped looking up articles of white men raping people and getting away with mm. it and I had to stop because I was yeah. like I'm about to cry yeah. like and in fact compiling the books that happened to me where I had to walk away from like two weeks because I was like I can't believe I read all of these articles about all this horrific shit that was going in the country and I just got overwhelmed by mm. pulling all the links again and just mm-hmm. seeing the titles yeah. uh-huh. I was like I need to take a mental health break right. walk away because right. i was i mean i was depressed yeah, yeah. like it's that. hard when it's all together mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. and to know that it's still happening nothing's changed these people have still gotten off for yeah. it you know and you're just like 
why am I bothering? Yeah. So I first met you, I knew of you already as a cosplayer, a black cosplayer that I enjoyed. I first met you at the first Blurred Con, which we both attended. And you were in your iconic um, Storm cosplay, which your Afro Storm, right? I have to identify it because you do a lot of storms. Your Afro Storm, we do a lot of different cosplay in general, but your Afro Storm cosplay, which is one of my personal favorites. I bought the T-shirt. I liked it so much. (laughs) I got the shirt. Um, See it on the Instagrams. Yes, yes. Jay, we are in the shirt. Definitely. And so. For me personally, I, as somebody, so I've been cosplaying for about five years and just my love for cosplay is one of enjoying um, non-typical people or bodies or whatever doing cosplay, right? Mm -hmm. And so for me, that falls under non-white people for the most part. Anyone, anyone who is non-white, that's what I'm into. That's the adventure for me because what I enjoy about cosplay is us like creating something that is the unexpected yes. and i know for me that is when i saw afro storm i was like this is this embodies all the things that i love about cosplay is somebody who has created this storm that is identity i recognize this character as storm but it's still not a storm that i've ever seen in a comic book or on screen or anything like that but you made her your own so what how do you categorize like your type of cosplay or the work that you do or it within that arena so, you know, a lot of cosplay, when people talk about it and they think about it, it's they're trying to look exactly like this character, right? Yeah. And so what really started getting, when it got more popular, people who were doing it were trying to look as much like the characters. Photographers were taking pictures of those who looked most like the characters. Yeah. And it was always thin white people, mm-hmm. right. you know, or thin and, or muscular, whatever, certain mm-hmm. shapes, certain bodies, certain skin tones, right? And so... I had to actually have that reckoning and realize I'm never going to be any of that shit. Like, mm-hmm. as soon as I decide, no matter who I cosplay, yeah. outside of Amanda Waller, right. I wasn't going to be that character. Mm-hmm. Like, that shit wasn't going to work. Mm-hmm. So, at that point, I stopped really worrying about fidelity to the character. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to just do whatever I feel like doing. For years, I refused to do Storm. I refused to do any version of Storm, mm-hmm. except for the one where she's a vampire, Bloodstorm. Because right. I was like, he got a mohawk, he's a vampire, mm-hmm. he got fangs, red eyes. I was down with that. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of killing people. But right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, other than that, it was such a cliche to do it that mm-hmm. I was like, eh. I'm not really interested. Mm -hmm. For some reason, I was just like, you know, it would be really cool if I did something that was closer to a traditional costume Mm -hmm. that had the afro, like a big ass afro. That would be awesome. And I just looked to the characters. Like they, I like certain aspects of them because they identify like with my personality. Mm -hmm. Like Dark Phoenix is another particular favorite of mine because Mm -hmm. he is super overpowered. Um, I mean, can destroy planets, could destroy the universe, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but her story is always men trying to control her and shape her into what they want her to be. Right. And so the reason why she is dark is because she doesn't, she's not that. And yeah. so then it becomes we have to kill her, right. or she has to kill herself, or however they decide to write at that time. And so I feel like that all the time. You know, mm, like yeah. I feel like the world is always trying to twist me into being my own worst enemy mm-hmm. and just kind of self-destructing, you know, either walk their way or don't exist at all. And yeah. so I like there are things, aspects like that that I identify with and I'm like, but I'm not going to look like the character. So there's no reason in the world why I have to try and look as closely to the characters yeah. other people do. Mm-hmm. It's never going to happen. The moment I put any of this stuff on my body, I will never be 
like canon basically i will never be that character yeah. mm-hmm. so i may as well do whatever the hell i want with it mm-hmm. i'm generally more interested in the cosplay where i know it's the person's personality within the character right. and not just like the replica of what i saw in a comic mm-hmm. book and stuff anyway like i'm more attracted to that i'm usually more impressed with those um iterations of comic characters and mm-hmm. i am then then i am with the like i look just like mario yeah like, yeah, like <laughs> it's so weird to me like you yeah. really just want to look like this mm-hmm. other like you really just want to be a copy of mm-hmm. like i don't even understand that but you know i looked at yeah. like my high school yearbook and everybody had like all that big sprayed hair and shit. they all had the same hairstyle mm-hmm. and people really do just want to conform yeah. and mm-hmm. i i get it as a survival mechanism yeah. i don't get it as a personal desire yeah i think that there are different things for me anybody and that's kind of how i feel and i don't maybe i do have more words to describe this but i'm feeling lazy but i just feel like anybody who really enjoys a lot of i think the popular white cosplayers like i just don't, i don't fully understand that because i feel like a lot of them their goal is i'm just going to create recreate this thing in real life and i feel like to me that's what the character looked like already you right. know what i'm saying yeah. your character already looked like this and so all you did to me was put an outfit on and that's a part of why i get really weirded out when a lot of us within the nerd space discover that our favorite white cosplayer is a wild racist you know what i'm saying (laughs) or some sort of clan member or something like that because i don't know i just i don't i just i just i don't know i just don't get it (laughs) and i um for me because also because i came to cosplay like as an adult i think that what i enjoy about it is all of the different iterations of these characters and the creativity yeah, of it and like that's what i'm drawn to it yeah. just weirds me out when it's like oh this popular cosplayer is a, is a racist and then i look because i'm not into them like that and mm-hmm. i look and i see this white cosplayer and i'm trying to under- and i look back at their pictures and i'm trying to understand why was y'all into this you know what i'm saying what was what was the allure but i know that different people like different things yeah. about cosplay so i understand that a little bit just just to like one of my favorite of yours, I think, is the image that you did as Dark Phoenix with um, Thanos. It's like a recreation. It's a recreation, you all, of the Janet Jackson photo with the hands on the breast. Mm-hmm. What? What was? Do you know? You're a Janet fan. What was that for? It was a Janet album. The Janet album. Oh, the Janet album. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. I love that photo. Oh, it's thank fucking you. Awesome. It's great. I'm trying to find it. I want it in my house. Oh, the Janet one. Yeah, it okay. was for the. Um, yeah, that was the Rolling Stone cover. Oh, that's it? Right. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't for the Janet album. It was, it was, it was a Okay, you're right. Yes. You're right. Yes. Yeah, because I want that photo. Yeah. Blown up somewhere in my house. Ow. Probably over my bed. <laughs> Ooh, that's hot. Yeah. Okay, make a size. You can find that. You can find that easy. You know how I like to proclaim my outsiderness and this nerddom you shit. You really do. I okay. Do. I do. Go I on. Boundaries. Meanwhile, <laughs> every episode is some sort of weird reference that I don't niche reference that I need you to explain to that's me. That's about act. That's about science. No. It'd be about <laughs> science. It'd be about movies. It'd be about Ninja Turtles. But go ahead, do you go off? Girl. I mean, anywho. Okay, you're an outsider. Um, so when it comes to a lot of my interests, though, in nerddom, and especially when it comes to black nerddom, is um stealthness and how a lot of superheroes have to kind of be stealth and hide who they are in order to assimilate or to function in the world mm-hmm. and i like i mean i feel like that's a lot of the experience for marginalized people anyway yes um so like how does that manifest and correlate to- oh i do a whole i i have power fantasies 
So, and I didn't realize that. Like, okay, what's that? It's so I'm really drawing the powerful characters all the time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Usually, overpowered characters, characters that cannot be stopped. Mm-hmm. And so, whenever, so okay, we talked about seeing popular cosplayers or just other cosplayers. And when you look at like their pictures and their body of work, especially a lot of times with the women, it's a lot of cheesecake stuff. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of posing and very sexy yeah. or whatever. So when I was pulling my prints, because I sell prints now, when I was pulling them out, like the ones that I wanted to see and I like had them all lined up, I was like, all this shit is power poses. Mm-hmm. Every single one is about me destroying something, coming at something. You know, it's all about showing some kind of inner strength externally. Yeah. And those are the characters that I'm drawn to. And it's not because I feel like I'm a strong person, because I don't feel like I'm a strong person. But in my fantasies, you know, gotcha. I am mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. unstoppable. Right. And so I want to be those characters. And I also like being those characters where, um, Again, I like Typhoid Mary is a character that I do a lot. Oh, I love your Typhoid Mary. And I'm very drawn to her. She's mm-hmm. what got a two personality. Well, actually, she has three, but a lot of times they like to talk about she has dual personalities. Uh-huh. And the what first personality is is meek. It's Mary. It's very meek, submissive, you know, just conforms to the world, scared of everything, shy, demure, uh-huh. all of that stuff. Typhoid, um, unfortunately, as usual with the woman comic character, emerges from trauma. Mm-hmm. But has decided that it's gonna she's gonna go around and kill all these sexual assaulters. She um is very sexually aggressive. She is un she is uncontrollable basically. Uh-huh. And so her power, you know, but of course the story is, oh, how are we gonna manipulate her to have her work for the men? And a lot of times it's her breaking out of that. Uh-huh. And so while the writers may not have tended intended for it to be like this feminist womanist narrative, uh-huh. it ends up being that way because we're constantly I'm constantly like trying to push back on people trying to make me conform to what they think I should be, be mm-hmm. silent, be um, a workhorse, you know, mm-hmm. be whatever tool or whatever. And I'm always having to break out and just like fucking go off on folks or just be like, I can't, I can't fuck with you. You don't respect my boundaries. You, and so I can't deal with you anymore. And I'm actually yeah. going through like this whole purge with this shit now. Mm-hmm. And the literal thing that they're doing is, and I'm like, do you even realize how fucking cliche you are? Is that they're spinning the narrative of she's, unstable she's crazy mm-hmm. you know she's yeah. so angry nobody right. can talk to her anymore because she's just raging all over the place and i'm like nah this nigga came into my inbox and started yelling at me like i was his fucking child mm-hmm. this one tried to sit back and try to exploit my labor they don't do shit but they want to take claim for my right. work and these are other black men creatives. other cosplayers yeah, yeah. Cosplayers. and i'm yeah. like what the right. fuck mm-hmm. like it's so unnecessary but if I, if it, that means i look crazy mm-hmm. if you know like typhoid i'll paint my face half white fuck it i'll be crazy right. <laughs> I'll be crazy on all y'all asses Mm -hmm. and let's see what (laughs) happens. I'm always like kind of like, like when it comes to cosplay or like comics or whatever, how easy it is for like a hero to like just wear a little teeny mask on their face and then no one like kind of knows who they are anymore. Mm -hmm. And it makes me think of like white supremacy and how, how easily they'll forget that like you're a black person in a space or like you're like hmm. all you all you have to do is probably change the way you talk a little bit uh, or like or just just some little, some little ass and it'd be a little ass a tiny cold switch and, it's, and then they you know, don't know how to act yeah and it's just as just as simple as that little fucking mask like you know that's still clark kent like mm-hmm. he just took all his <laughs> yes glasses no. oh, yes. <laughs> okay so that actually has layers to it okay gotcha but um 
Yeah, but you're right. It is. All it takes is this one little thing and it can either have people forgiving somebody for some heinous thing Mm -hmm. or it can Mm -hmm. have them making you unrecognizable so that now you're dehumanized. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's just a fascinating thing. But you'll also notice anytime somebody is actually a bad guy in any of the the comics and stuff is because they are not conforming to whatever the higher power is. They usually usually Mm -hmm. just don't change the costume in quotations. Like the villain usually like just looks like themselves a lot of times. Right. Well, it's more like the villain is the the villain is only the villain because oh, they aren't aligned it. with. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like the right. villain generally exists in terms of their in terms of their attire. Like they don't change their clothes to be a villain. Oh, that's true. Yeah. you know what I'm saying. Like some, some like normal, true. a normal that's will true. have to now get into costume. Now I'm a hero. Yeah. yeah, when the villain just exists. So what does that say about their everyday ex- existence? Like if to you know like they're every day are they a hero if mm-hmm. they have to actually put on a mask to actually be heroic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so like but the rest of the time what are they i mean they're not a hero mm-hmm. so does that make them queen what was your point um i think that for me i think that's how any marginalized person exists like so you can when you are doing the things to not be marginalized, you could be seen as a hero, but it's like some days you just kind of just want to just exist and like eat a sandwich. Like you don't want to like <laughs> just always be like the hero and running around saving people and like doing all these things. But we Sometimes don't have that option. We don't. Uh, then that's kind of like the correlation like between to me for heroes and like marginalized people. But then there are people whom, well, I guess white supremacy would consider villains because they always exist in that space. Similar to like how mm. villains exist in that space and comic. Yes. Like, who are the, you said there are people who exist in those space the way that villains well, do. And they're always well, the same. In real life, who are those people? Who gen- are you saying? Generally those are like people who are activists or largely speaking okay, out against systematic go. things. So like, uh, a Malcolm X, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, like that type of thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you I think say it's it just again, like there are so- some people who don't have to wear capes to be heroes. They don't have to don it. They're always a hero. And there are people who don't... I mean, and villains just... Villains, honestly, and that's an interesting thing, villains just look like everybody else. True. But that's what she's saying. This is what I'm getting from what she's saying, which I think is a really good point. You're saying that the villains in a lot of these stories are often people who just exist as they are, right? They don't have to change their clothes. They're existing as they are. And because of the way that they conduct themselves is out of the norm somehow, they're considered a villain in many of the ways that our... Those people who are perhaps heroes to us a mm-hmm. lot of the times, but modern day like activists or like who you said, like Malcolm X or those fi- figures who in, as themselves within their existence without having to sometimes put on a mask and sometimes take it off or without choosing to put on a mask sometimes or take a mask off sometimes or whatever, they are recognized as villains. Our Colin Kaepernick, who decides that this yeah. is who I'm going to be mm-hmm. all the time. Malcolm X, this is who I'm going to be all, all the, time. the time. Actual Dr. King, as opposed to the one that they have recreated for, for us. This is who I'm going to yeah. be all the mm-hmm. time. So those, they're, because they they have decided or chosen not to cold switch or right not to, mm-hmm. right put on costumes and take them off you know and whatever that not to appease whiteness yeah right not to appease the i guess in comic world whatever the norm is or mm-hmm. whatever the mm-hmm. 
popular culture is in that space. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I think for me, even though I'm not, for me, I'm usually attracted to the villains. And I know it's like for those reasons, because mm-hmm. it's like, I'm going to do what mm-hmm. I want. I'm going to make the world the way oh, I yeah. want it to be. And mm-hmm. this is just what it's going to be. Which I've always it's, said I'm a villain. Yeah. <laughs> because the villain is always somebody who, like you said, they are not aligning with whatever is in power. Yeah. They are not aligning with the overarching, you know, it's not even a good guy. It's that when you enter these comics, you you automatically believe you're supposed to trust the narrator. Yeah. Like you, and you automatically do. And at some point, well, the villain is always questioning that. They're always undermining that. They're yeah, always challenging exactly. that. Exactly. And so as people, as black people moving through a lot of these spaces who are not trying to appease or conform or anything to whiteness, we are acting as villains in yeah, that way. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I completely understand. That, that's the truth. Yeah, thing. that's fucking amazing. I actually have to say this on mic before anybody gets any fucking ideas. The homie Mike Flood has actually created an amazing panel on black villains and the nuances of our villains and what it means to be a villain. Because even if you look at... Hi, Mike. I'm gonna Damn need it. you to stop doing that. <laughs> I'm gonna need you to cut that out. Okay. 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 Um, I think on I think on Instagram he's Flood Movement, and mm-hmm. it's important you follow him on Instagram because he is the Black Superman and an amazing cosplayer. I follow All him right. Now. I thought you followed him already. Oh, no. Now I feel bad that I gave. I wow. gave you I seen him on our show one. Okay. Better than that. Um. But anyway, yeah. So he has created a panel on Black villains and the ways in which, like, how their cause is often different from the causes of like some of your everyday villains but you know the the hero is usually trying to sustain the status quo right yes and keep whatever the popular culture is running up Mm -hmm. and running Mm -hmm. which is usually why i'm not really attracted yes right because it's always in this yeah Mm -hmm. but and this is what's really fascinating because i've been i started watching um the oh god the gifted right which is Mm x-men and if you think about it, and this is a jacked up thing, right? The, people always like to draw the parallels that X-Men are a, kind of a representation for the civil rights movement. Yeah, like they need to stop. Right. <laughs> it's terrible, mm-hmm. whatever. It's basically, you know, the black people narrative, mm-hmm. you know, that erases blackness. Right. But it, when you really start looking at it, the story doesn't end up being about the X-Men always trying to, you know, subvert or, you know, protect themselves or fight, mm-hmm. you know, oppression. It becomes a war between the two oppressed right. groups, yeah. right. and like, why the fuck are they fighting? Mm-hmm. Why are we interested in them fighting? Yeah, fight That's that nigga really over there. horrible. And yeah. they're like, you need to pick your side. And people are like, well, we're going to choose the the nice ones that try to conform and mm-hmm. appease and save humanity, mm-hmm. but then the ones who are just like, yeah, humanity don't give a fuck about us. So, like, why do you give a fuck about yeah. them? Mm-hmm. Let's just go get our space, do our thing, mm-hmm. and not really deal with that shit. Right. And so, like, the narrative is completely different, and we don't think about it and you know this always goes back to how everything that we have in our media and our social everything just not like our environment is a giant pr campaign to absolve whiteness of its crimes boom (laughs) (laughs) goes to dynamite (laughs) it is though she right though she ain't never lie (laughs) something that i noticed is that you do a lot of i know that a lot of people enjoy illustrating your characters and that you request a lot of commissions i'm about to say nobody enjoys illustrating i pay all of them okay (laughs) so uh, i will uh rephrase that i know i know that you commission she said what she said said. you commission a lot of artwork Mm -hmm. and you pay for them to do that shit yes why do you do that um because i want to see myself right and 
yeah, I want to see myself in these comic roles. I want to see myself in this art style. Mm -hmm. They're not doing it on their own. And so, and the only way I'm seeing that happen is if I pay for it to happen, Mm -hmm. you know? So I do, I had to do the same thing with cosplay photography. Mm -hmm. I was going to conventions and like people weren't taking pictures of me. Photographers weren't requesting me. Right. So that's something for anybody who's not familiar with cosplay. When you go to cons or conventions or whatever, it's one of those things where photographers will stand around waiting for, it's like going to a street festival, waiting for people in cool cosplay or people who they find interesting. Yes. And you're saying you're finding that that's not something that was happening. It stopped happening Mm -hmm. as it got more and more popular. As cosplay got more popular. Yes. As cosplay got more popular. And as photographers were trying to like generate business or get more activity on their Mm -hmm. pages and stuff. So they were taking pictures of who they thought everybody wanted to see Mm -hmm. or people who actually have shown they got more hits, whatever. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, cosplay and geek culture mimics larger culture. So um, I was like, I'm not getting any good pictures even with the photographers who would set up stations and they would like let basically take a line of people and everyone could come through and get some pictures. They would spend like 20 minutes on one person and then like two shots on the next person if they weren't interested. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is so obviously glaringly bad. I went out of my way to just be like, okay, who takes good pictures consistently of just about anybody who comes through the space yeah. or who I got to fucking pay and how can I afford them? And yeah. I started cultivating community where I could get good pictures and not have to worry about the favoritism and the preference and all that crap that goes along with it. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the and way this is like body preference, colorism, racial, all of that, all that shit. Okay. Because what they started doing is, you know, when they, when they introduced the whole idea of Canon, like there were no rules to cosplay when I first started. Mm-hmm. Can, yeah, you, can you just did. explain Canon real quick to everybody? I'm going to get all the way around okay. to it. Yeah, all right. I was like, um, excuse me. Right. Right. So there were no rules when cosplay was like, when people were doing it you know 20 years ago whatever you liked the fandom you dressed up at it it was mm-hmm. great mm-hmm. and then it started getting more and more popular and people started gravitating towards the cosplayers who looked the most like the characters right. so then it became a thing where we only the photographers only wanted to take pictures of groups that you know very closely resembled the characters and they call that canon mm-hmm. and mind you canon is such a bullshit phrase word right. because canon changes over time mm-hmm. because how that character looks honestly depends on who the artist is for that particular book right there are some times where from panel to panel that costume is not the same mm-hmm. so but it became this weird rule of okay so you know if you want to be superman you have to be white you have to have dark hair you have to have this color eyes you have to have this uh-huh. body shape we already told you the only superman we recognize is mm-hmm. mike flood right. okay. but, i'm gonna ask you to stop doing that once again but you know, if that became the thing, Wonder Woman always, like, they would start being like, oh, we want to have these body preference things. And and mind you, when you looked, especially for the female characters, the uh-huh. women characters, when you looked at the, the proportions they gave, they yeah. weren't real. That they weren't say, human. Nobody right. exists right. like that. But they wanted people to try as much as they could to look like that. Right. And so it became this unspoken rule. They would just say, we're doing a canon photo shoot of the Justice League. Mm-hmm. We're doing a canon photo oh, shoot man. of X-Men. So that explains Included anybody who didn't right. look like these characters. Right. So if you were fat and you weren't trying to be Juggernaut or the Blob or whatever, you couldn't be in that photo shoot. Mm-hmm. If you were black and you did anybody that wasn't Storm or Bishop or um, Luke Cage or whatever, you couldn't be yeah. in that photo shoot. Mm-hmm. And so again, that was a rule that evolved that shouldn't exist at all because everything's a fantasy. They're all made up. Yeah, mm-hmm. None of these are real people. And I don't believe in cosplaying real people either. I think that's rude as shit. Mm-hmm. But, um, so yeah, that 
the whole canon thing is just a gatekeeping mechanism to exclude specific groups from being able to participate in this activity fully. And I don't know why we started talking about that. (laughs) Oh, because I was asking you why you commission work for yourself. So that ties into the art. People weren't drawing. They don't draw women who look like me. I mean, I'm watching now Terry Huddleston. He now has a couple of art pieces where he's doing where it's fuller figured women. Mm -hmm. Um, But a lot of artists aren't doing that. Or if they do, it's very intentional. And that's kind of all they do. But even in that, you have to be careful because sometimes it's fetishes. Mm. And you see it play out where Uh they're... I, I, I... God, I got to bring this up. So there's this artist that was there and he introduced himself to another artist and he was showing his work. And it was alien women who had these huge boobs, mm-hmm. these huge hips, and these tiny ass waists, like wasp waists. They were breaking half if they actually were proportioned like yeah, that. Right. And they were aliens and they were called thicklings. And he came and showed that art. Like it was the greatest thing ever. And I was like, we about to find you eye. on all hotep things wow. because what? the fuck yes yes that's not even creative no Mm. no i actually did i was like thicklets thicklings (laughs) oh that's a lot i feel like i've been street harassed called the thicklings right you know like it's not even but that's the art you will see when it starts getting into fuller figure it Mm. becomes this like sexual fantasy Mm -hmm, fetish thing and i was like no i want something that's gonna be you know, more realistic that mm-hmm. actually looks like me yeah. and let's, let's do it. And so like I worked with Ken and white, who is actually someone who's done illustrations for Marvel and DC and mm-hmm. other like big publishing companies. And when he get, did the first draft of, um, he did like, I have black and whites of typhoid Mary, um, punk storm mm-hmm. and dark Phoenix. Mm-hmm. The first draft, he gave me the waspy waist and I was like, it's supposed to look like me. Right. You got to thicken that up. Like mm-hmm. I'm, my waist does not look like that. Mm-hmm. And so like you actually have to push back on some of them to get right. the art that, that you want. That happened to Jay once. Someone oh. happened to draw her and then right. all of a sudden she had these thick ass thighs. And yeah. Yeah. Somebody, this is not, I haven't, uh, I haven't um, commissioned any work, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm of a certain size. I'm light skinned. People. It, Fan art. Yeah. Right. Right. So, I, so I have a little bit of that. So someone, someone drew me and I enjoyed being drawn because, again, I've been cosplaying for five years and that was a little bit earlier in my cosplay career. But yeah. so I was like, oh, cool. Wow. Somebody drew Called me. Called it a career. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you said it here. You heard of me. All right. Okay. Um, so it was exciting to yes. be to have fan art, but then I was looking at it and my body. I'm not like a like a. T- I have a my, my chest is a nice size, my butt is a nice size. I don't have a tiny waist and I don't have like thick thighs. Like I'm not built she like had that. And she had like a thigh gap. It was like, yeah, yeah. I had all kind of stuff that was person. yeah. I had a body that I would consider to be an attractive body, but it was also what I would consider to be the standard attractive body. Um, or attract what's attractive to like your average black guy, perhaps. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You yeah. appreciate thick thighs and all that stuff, but that's actually not how my body looks. You right. know what I'm saying? So it actually made me feel sexualized. Me, right. Yeah. It, it made me feel a little bit weird. Um it's like when somebody gets your cosplay photo and they photoshop it to make you have different proportions. Right. Like right, and that's right, the good right. thing about commissioning. Yes. Somebody made my I typically wear this is not even really sexualized, but it did bother me a lot. Or just make it to be what they think is right. Yes, they I change typically, your appearance. Yeah. So Storm generally has 
like blue eyes i think on a daily mm-hmm. and then when she goes into her changing of the weather and There's things like that they turn white. white i wear con- my contacts are always just white yeah. that's just my preference and somebody photoshopped them blue in something mm-hmm. and it was just like that's not what i'm doing oh, it was no, it was no. a little bit deflating to yeah. like that's not that's not what i'm that's not what's happening you took time here. to put the contacts in your fucking right eyes. so it's like stuff like that and it's worse when it's your body yeah. that right you're fucking with so like with the when you commission the art that gives you more creative control over it right so you can tell the artist yeah. change it when it's fan art and somebody just did it in their free time yeah, you yeah, got yeah, no yeah, control yeah. over that because mm-hmm. they'll be like i hate this right and you should shred it mm-hmm. right, you know? right, right. <laughs> but mm-hmm. <laughs> when you commission it then you're like no i need you to change these proportions make this bigger make this smaller whatever mm-hmm. i yeah. want it to look like me yeah. and so that's a big part of why you, i commissioned it mm-hmm. so i actually have some creative control yeah. over what the final like product that. is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah because it's 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 weird I, and again fan art is nice but then it's also like when you start changing things about somebody it's like okay you like what you see here but you're also telling me that it's not okay that i don't have thick thighs right. or that it's not okay that my waist is not like super tiny or whatever so like are you celebrating me or you kind of like tearing me down a little bit you're it's imposing weird. your fantasy onto me right. i don't care what you wish i right, had right yeah. right keep that in your head yeah, yeah. it's not my business keep yeah. that in your head. or even honestly me i might prefer if you ask me hey do you mind if i draw something inspired by right because then i'll know that this is not a picture of me and i don't have to then i'll it's already implied that you have to do your own thing yeah you know what i'm saying instead of taking something that i created and telling me that i didn't really i didn't quite have the perfect body for this thing yes um so that was interesting but yeah i i really i like that because this ends up the work that you commission like when you talk about seeing yourself is not it doesn't just end up being you that's represented. Yeah. Other black, dark skin, they see themselves in that. They see, yes. Yeah. And uh, that's 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 awesome. It's fucking dope. Yeah. So since we're talking about language, your language, language, your body, things like mm-hmm. that. Um, I actually like your use of the word fat. I didn't think about this until I have a friend who's fat, and she's like, "No, call me fat, like curvy, full figured, like all that other shit. Like, no, I'm fat, and it's mm-hmm. fine." Mm-hmm. Um. So I just want to know how you came to terms of the word like fat and using it like it's just a word. You know how people think it's like a like this derogatory thing to say to someone. Mm-hmm. I mean, and honestly, it is a derogatory thing to say to me, depending on who it's coming from. Gotcha. Right. But at the same time, when I reclaimed it for myself and people said it, I mm-hmm. was like, and mm-hmm. like, so you, you can see that. Yeah. All right. You're not saying nothing. I don't know. Yeah. And it took it took away a lot of the sting of the word for me. Gotcha. I mean, I recognize when someone's trying to say, I, I think it means that you're sloppy and lazy and just a whole bunch of other, just a nasty individual. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm already not fucking with you because whatever. Yeah. But for me, I was like, this is just a word. And I'll, I'll be totally i'm not, like i'm always honest but i'll be really clean about it i started using it because i like watching people flinch when i use it gotcha. <laughs> that's the same thing my homegirl says mm-hmm. like yeah yeah you'd be like yeah i'm fat and people are like oh no and i'm like what mm-hmm. uh, like what's the deal here yeah. like i'm saying it about myself mm-hmm. don't you say it mm-hmm. unless i give you permission exactly. but i'm saying it and carry on it's not untrue so mm-hmm. yeah so it's just like i want that word to have less power over me yeah and so I just decided, yeah, I am. I am a fat woman. That's fine. Um, I'm not going to stress it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's cool. And when you call me that, you know, I, when, I, when I hear you using it in a way where it's basically trying to be worse than what it is, it tells me more about you. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. It doesn't actually say yep. anything about me. Mm-hmm. I know what I look like yeah. and I'm good with it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, 
it's just a word Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna let it just be a word for me so i read a piece and it's i can't remember the name of it um unfortunately but it's like it's a dialogue between you and a man Uh uh-huh um and it's basically basically about men specifically black men trying to kind of make a come up off your labor Uh uh-huh and i just wanted to know how often you experience that and like how do you navigate that because that had that happens to me in jail and that happens where um we will like throw whole events and people will not mention that they will women. they will come they will come up come up off our event yep. and then they will sit on their podcast and say they went somewhere like if they wasn't at our, our event th- pot and live they will shout out every other motherfucker that man's in them they wow. will act yeah. like queen and jay do not exist they will act like queen and jay do not do Read good a work whole piece about pot and live yep and, and not include not, not include us at all. all so that this is like something that we deal with regularly yeah and it's a part of why we rarely um in terms of we do things behind the scenes with men at times but it will rarely show up on like a man's podcast it happens but it's very rare and we're just very careful with it because that it's not it hasn't been safe for us and we we in this conversation i know that most of our our regular listeners will know this but for any new listeners most of the work that we do is intentionally within black spaces and with other black people and so Mm -hmm. when we talk about these negative things happening happening to us it those are experiences that we've had with black men but it's not because white men don't do this shit you know what i'm saying it's because these are just the spaces that we work within we enjoy working with other black people we intentionally do that and so oftentimes when we do have negative experiences with people they are other they are with other black people yeah we also work with black women and black femmes regularly yes and most of our negative experiences are frequently with men yeah and so when you just to contextualize the language around surrounding black men we most frequently work with black people and so our negative experiences with men are with black men yeah Yeah. and so i imagine is that similar with you and your work okay like i don't really fuck with white people like that right comes to my work right Mm -hmm. right, um and like i'm i'm a big fan of you can be in my audience you can give me money you can contribute that way don't expect me to do shit for you don't ask me for nothing like i do what i want to do so that's a that's a big part of it but yes it has been with black men um and i keep pulling away more and more it's kind of funny that i'm on a podcast with two black guys um yeah you do do a podcast with two black men right and i've thought about that and mind you it comes out like if you've listened to a few episodes where i start where i'm like what are you guys doing and i felt like i was getting preachy all the time but i was like Mm -hmm. you guys keep doing the same shit i'm keep saying this until you stop acting like you can erase black and that just makes you neutral in some way Mm -hmm. there's no fucking neutral here you black you political own that shit and just can run with it and stop pretending anything else Mm -hmm. but they keep doing that. They just reset. And one of them's really good. He tries to listen and he's starting to, you can hear him working through it. Yeah. A lot of times black men don't realize that they are just really trying to be white men. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that could be what that. It that is. is. Yeah. It is. And I'm like, I can't sit up in this space with y'all if y'all going to keep doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm going to call you out on it. You're going to have to fix this shit. Mm-hmm. You got to, this is not going to work for me. So there's that part of it. But when it's somebody, like, my situation is one egregious situation, but that, that conversation, that dialogue happened because at the time, there were three other black women I was, like, socializing with, and they all had situations very similar mm-hmm. where they were erased from their work, mm-hmm. like, intentionally erased. Like, where they had to work 
to erase them yeah. from something that they created. So it's a very common thing that happens with black women, which sucks. It like it sucks that that's common. Mm-hmm. And um, I wanted to talk about the specific situations, but you know there's a social punishment that comes along with that. Yeah. They weren't willing to be explicit about it. So yeah. I, I, I'm not going to vol- violate you know, their privacy yeah. by explicitly talking about it. But because it ended up being such a relatable experience, I was like, it has to be addressed. We have to start having that conversation. Men, black men need to start realizing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. As far as what that means for me, I'm always on guard with folks. Um, and that's actually just a natural inclination anyway. Mm-hmm. Um Unfortunately, the times where it has happened, it's usually been after I've known that person for years and let my guard down Mm. and they got, they were already in that space Mm. and then they start fucking around. And and it always takes me too long to realize that they're doing it because I like them. So they get the benefit of the doubt, but eventually you just have to own the fact, no, they're just fucking with you. Mm -hmm. Like they're intentionally antagonizing you and watching you react so that you can, now they can promote this idea that you are irrational. A crazy bitch. Right. Right. And then they're, they're exploiting that for their own gain. And like, I haven't figured out how to deal with it. Yeah. Like right now I'm in the midst of it. And this is actually the most intimate relationship that I've had where it's happened. Mm-hmm. And the fallout is still like, I'm finding out people are not talking to uh-huh. me. Incidentally, I'm finding out that people are no longer interested in sharing the work that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Like I'm seeing this ripple effect that's happening. And I'm like, all right, if I talk about it, it's not going to make it better mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. But it'll be educational for somebody else. And them motherfuckers can't be in my space no more. Because let's be real. I'm on a grind now. And I am very invested in making things different and amplifying spaces and making them better. Like curating this stuff myself. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to keep doing it. And I'm not saying I'm good at it. I'm not going to say I'm not saying I'm necessarily going to be 100% successful at it. But I'm going to keep trying. And as long as I'm doing it. That means I'm going to keep growing and they're going to have a change of heart mm-hmm. at one point, but that bridge is burnt. It's been right. napalmed. The earth and has been salted. even if they don't have a change of heart, fuck, fuck them. Fuck them. Well, yeah, it's fuck them anyway, but I am content. <laughs> I, I know it's going to happen. Like, I know it is because these people are, um, they're graspy. Mm-hmm. and they do feel entitled to it and so there's going to be a point where they're going to want to try and touch it again mm-hmm. and i'm going to be like yeah fuck you you fucked this up yeah. and actually if anybody asks me about it who personally knows about the situation i tell them exactly who it is what happened mm-hmm. how it all went down i'd be like here's the conversation go have at it here are the coordinates to find this motherfucker like seriously <laughs> like i'm not even going to pretend it's not i'm like it's so gross yeah. and egregious like for, i don't even for you guys i probably wouldn't let them motherfuckers in my space no more oh like, no we don't oh okay we, we don't on all site. right yeah it's on site, on site. it's on okay. site yeah no we don't that's and that's not something and, and it 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 is why our grind as seasoned podcasters is as part partially as slow as it is yes because everybody doesn't fuck with us there are things that as as women in our 30s black women who are doing this there are things that there are opportunities available that we have been um, denied because of the position that we take within this space. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah, that's just what it is. Um, is. But I think that what is beneficial, like how we do the same thing, like how you talk about 
telling other people, yo, this is what happened to me mm-hmm. and, and naming names. We tell all of our women friends. We yeah, tell everybody, yeah. yo, this is what happened. The same way there are black men who we know who are, we call them work acquaintances, who have done the same thing to other black women yeah. who I have never discussed it with these black men, mm-hmm. but they will never get that close to me. Nope. Yep. You yep. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because when you were invited to do this it's thing this. over there yep. and invited into that space, you posted on your social media that you was at this other this more popping thing and you erased that black woman. woman. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who made it possible exactly. for you to be in Exactly. Space. So we see you. We see you. Yeah. So we we see, you. absolutely. And so, yeah. So no, we don't, we don't play those kinds of games and i think that when i was a little bit younger it was easier for me to play that game and also it's a matter of tolerance yeah like you get you get to a point where i don't want to do this anymore i'm not doing it i'm tired of doing it it's not comfortable and honestly i personally don't shade anybody who still wants to play like that um yeah i yeah i I hear you i hear you I I, i hear you I hear you, but some people have to experience it themselves I, to learn that it's not like sometimes. Sometimes playing that game, people think it's being diplomatic. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and it's not. And sometimes it has to happen to you. To you for so you to I know shame it's not the people who play that game when their platform is about dismantling shit. Because right. you're a fucking liar. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to shade you. Right. There's no way that you're actively dismantling shit if you're actually participating in that shit mm-hmm. so those are the people that i'm, I'm right, ashamed. Right, like if right, your right, platform right. is about dismantling tearing the shit apart and not operating in white supremacist patriarchal capitalism mm-hmm. but you do mm-hmm. and that's natural for you yeah. then i'm shading your ass you don't need to be near me mm-hmm. I, I actually agree with that <laughs> like, well, no. well then there's that i mean <laughs> like and actually i had the conversation with a friend earlier about this too where if they're doing that and they aren't and they don't own it like you have to own it. Yeah. At some point, yeah. you have to admit mm-hmm. this is what you're doing. Right. If you're just right. sort of like, look, look, listen, I did this shit because this was the only way I could get to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just say and that, it. Yeah, and that I can respect that. Right, right. Because right, I right, get right. that. Because we're still operating in white supremacy and mm-hmm. we're trying to navigate it and figure it yes, out and you yes. know whatever. So I get that. Yeah, but this when you is, like this try is, to I adamantly with this. say yes, one correct. thing, I agree with that. And you're doing it. Yeah, if you're like, just not owning it, then yeah. and acting like this is nice and normal right. and how things are supposed to be, yeah. and actually promoting this message for other black women, mm-hmm. then I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. yeah, you're actually you're an agent of white supremacy. Yeah, exactly. I'm not fucking with you, yes. and I'm gonna warn people about you. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, but I'm not gonna do it like on my like Twitter feed or some mm-hmm. shit. Right. It's gonna be yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, mm-hmm. yes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. same. Well, on that note, so your man is white, Talon. <laughs> How, yeah. son? Uh, like it was like 10 years ago. I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Actually, I it was. Know. It was nine years ago uh-huh. before all the dialogue around the change, around right. race, talking about race change. And, and I present my question that way because um, knowing you and knowing your work, I think that, um, first of all, let me say Jay doesn't have a problem with interracial relationships, yeah. just like for well, our listeners. I know that you know either. this, but just, yeah, just for like new listeners yeah. who are not sure. I personally don't have an issue with it. I think it's fine. I think it's great. I think it's lovely. But I know that there are challenges yes. that come along with it um, that I personally am not interested in enduring. Uh, yeah, the, like them. the labor required to teach and edu- educate your partner and stuff like Black that. Black men are enough. They're enough. <laughs> and they really are. Um 
And, but I will say like how you said it was nine years ago, I will say nine years ago, I didn't have the language for right. the labor that's required in an interracial relationship. Mm-hmm. So I did go on dates with white guys like, oh, if he's woke enough, then it's fine. Right. But it's never, there's never woke enough. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, which is something that I have learned now. There's never woke enough. And I understand the dynamics of that labor now. And so I, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't. I can't do it. And reading your piece about your interracial relationship and saying all the things that I feel now about it, it's just so interesting that this is something that you are currently willingly engaged in. And that is, I'm, I'm going to put work, working in quotations, but it seems to be working. Like it's, it seems like a, like a, like it's laborious, but that is working. Is that the right word? Laborious? I mean, I don't know words. It's labor. <laughs> it is. It is. It's labor intensive. It, it sounds. Be, it sounds labor intensive as fuck. It can be at times. Okay. Um, it's. It is. It's a very interesting space to be in, and it's actually a really isolating space to be in. Okay. okay. Um, because there's not anybody that's trying that's willing to support that in any meaningful way. Right. Like I said, you get a lot of lip service of the oh, love conquers all, whatever bullshit. Love is love. It's so it's useless, and I just want to smack those people. <laughs> then you have the ones that, you know, and this is really like very militant black women. And men, they're just like, well, you chose that shit. What you think was going to happen? Mm-hmm. You know, you know he racist. And I'm like, yeah, because all white people are racist. Right. So, yes, this is just one of those things. But it's, there are things that I needed in a relationship that he was willing and able to provide. Mm-hmm. And the racism conversation, again, it wasn't as prevalent as it was the first four years we were together. Uh-huh. Right. And the language was very different around it. And so I was kind of used to dealing with microaggressions and mm-hmm. little bullshit and all yeah. of that stuff. Yeah. So what when you read those pieces, when I'm talking about this relationship, that is literally me talking about my understanding, my realization, and the, the conclusions I ended up having to come to when I had this white person and his white adjacent, all his white people, like, in my intimate space yeah. mm-hmm. and how basically I took all of the ones he was related to and friends with and booted them all the fuck out and I don't deal with them no more mm-hmm. and I kind of just deal with him and I still have a couple of white people who I associate with a lot and I'm just like yeah, we cool I'm waiting for you to, to fuck shit up because mm-hmm. you're going to because you white right. yeah. but you know we have conversations where I'm just like you know you racist right mm-hmm. and they be like yeah mm-hmm. say it right. I'm racist alright mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and so like you got them crackers trying right <laughs> she really does Joe. you gotta read that piece i was like oh my god and and i think that just just again for anyone who this is their first time listening talon is not saying that racism did not exist at the start of her relationship mm-hmm. the dialogue surrounding race has changed to where we are talking more about the labor required yes. we are talking more about well-meaning white liberals and the violence that they enact yes. on yes. folks yep. and their racism to where honestly and, and even that language it's not that it didn't exist before but it was that type of in-depth shit was always very academic yes and now i feel like we all have access to conversations yeah. surrounding yeah. Yep. labor surrounding self-care yep. surrounding the violence that well quote-unquote well-meaning white people enact yes. the violence that well-meaning white liberals enact and how you don't even 
even even as a society i feel like a lot of us who live under white supremacy all of us white folks black folks we think it's okay to have to deal with a certain type of whiteness yes. oh they don't understand they white right. he doesn't and mean it da, 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 da. that's not the right. case and that's the realization i came to in our relationship right. the, the relationships i had with white people were very superficial they were very surface level and yeah. i didn't actually interrogate them about what they actually felt about black people mm-hmm. you know i just kind of was in that camp of oh when we hanging out now call me a nigga so I guess we cool, Uh you know, but I didn't care because I wasn't really invested in them. I got with him and then I was really invested in what he thought. And that changed things a lot. Like I I was only fucking with black people. That was Mm -hmm. it. That was like my family. Those were my friends. That was my circle. I had the superficial white folks, but none of them were in intimate spaces with me. Were you dating black men? Yes. Well, well, I won't call it dating. Um, For a long time, I didn't date because I had, my father was really ill and My, I didn't have the emotional space to, to date be. anyone. Yeah. Right. So you you had you had partners at, who were black. Yes. Right. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, um, a white guy was slipping. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, <laughs> punch <laughs> intended. <laughs> That's how I'm thinking. <laughs> and no, and I actually like they would try to date me, and uh-huh. I wouldn't date them. Right. Like I actively wouldn't go out with them, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't hold hands. It was none of that. I was like we. Fucking, that's mm-hmm. it. So mm-hmm. it was. I was in a very different headspace. I actually met my husband three months after my father passed away, mm-hmm. and um, my emotional state was just very different, right. and I didn't realize it. But also, he's such. He's way more empathic than I am, and he is a nurturer and he is a caretaker. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm going through all this stuff with the, the losing my parent, and like, I would just. Like, we'd be hanging out, and I'd just suddenly start crying. And his whole response was he would just hold me and just be like, let it out. And we just, like, he created this such a safe emotional space for mm-hmm. me all the time. And he was like, and I'll take care of this, and I'll take care of you. And it was what I really needed. Mm-hmm. And it was something where, you know, when I did go out with black men, and this is not to create a comparison, because there is no comparison. Well, these are just the men the you dated before you found men, your husband. Right. right. It, it was almost always competitive Mm -hmm. and it was i wasn't able to even be soft in those spaces and when i was Mm -hmm. it was why are you so weak and i needed somebody where i could be weak sometimes Mm -hmm. and so he he provides that like continues to provide that um fitness babe was like that fuck you though Go ahead. My common boo's like that. Hey, Aww. Hey, Oye, Shout out to black men. Yeah. Fuck you, though, fitness bitch. <laughs> I miss you, though. Come back. But leave me alone. Leave me alone, though. But yeah, it was that. And then there was a, another part where he just... I don't know. And I won't say that he got me because he didn't. Mm-hmm. And I know that. Mm-hmm. But he was willing to admit that he was wrong. Right. And that was a huge thing. So, so I wasn't fighting all these sexism battles right, with him all the time right. that I was fighting with other men. So yeah. that eased a lot yeah, of it. You met a nice guy. When did you realize he was white? <laughs> when did that become a I thing? I mean, he was always white. Allegedly, yes. He was always white. But when did you realize that there's like, a there's violent a white, white man, man in, in my, my house? There's a white man in my house. You know, I'm going to say it was early on, but I didn't understand what it meant. Right. Mm-hmm. Because I never encountered that i'd never i'd never had that experience before mm-hmm. people weren't in my 
you talking to somebody that even when I was fucking people, they didn't know where I lived. Yeah. So like, yeah. he was already in this whole other intimate space. Everything about the relationship was new. So I was learning how to be with another person right. while he was this violent white man that yeah, I didn't yeah, realize yeah. existed. Yeah. <laughs> and so I met them both at the same time. Okay. And I, I kind of, you know, was like, wow. Like I would get little hints and like he would say something at one point he said he was libertarian right all his friends were libertarian. oh no no, no. right this was early right. and so i was like so what does that mean like i looked it up and i'm like trying to figure out what that meant and i was like it sounds like he's just republican light and he was like no we're free thinkers so that would mm. give him scenarios of stuff that would you know libertarians would kind of go in that conservative route yeah. mm-hmm. and when you had individual like circumstances he always was very very liberal right so i was like i don't think you know what these words mean mm-hmm. and we need to start thinking about yeah. what you're actually saying right i don't think you understand this and i like teaching mm-hmm. i like mm-hmm. exchanging information right, right, i think right. it's fascinating I'm like that a little bit and like a natural teacher kind of person right mm-hmm. so a lot of bit, but yeah. you know what you know what you know what <laughs> but yeah but you know all of this what it did for me and this was the most fascinating part it it showed me very deeply very intensely how callous whiteness was Mm -hmm. because for a lot of black people because we don't have white people in our intimate spaces we make assumptions and we give the benefit of the doubt as Mm -hmm. conditioned and we don't actually firsthand see that callousness that happens when i was when they were in my house they were you know they saw me with him and thought i was safer than other black people. Mm-hmm. So the guards would come down a little bit mm-hmm. more and I would be like, oh my gosh, right. I didn't realize you actually really thought this way. Like, this is real, real, mm-hmm. real, real. Y'all real fucked up like this. Right. <laughs> and so I learned that because, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it was just one of those things I had to experience. And I write about it so that if other people don't have to, if they mm-hmm. choose to believe me. Right. <laughs> It seems. It also seems like um, I. I what I got from it is that you don't necessarily recommend interracial. I don't relationships. I don't recommend marriage either, and I'm married and big ass hypocrite. Okay. Um, well, that's because well, one thing at a time. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what it really boils down to is that most of these dynamics, the power dynamics at play, put the black person at a disadvantage. We are actually conditioned to be at the disadvantage. We are conditioned not to talk about these things. We are conditioned to keep white people comfortable. It, it ends up being a very oppressive relationship unless you have a very action oriented intentional goal to not make that space that way and it is a constant Mm -hmm. effort that you have to put into doing that because they're going to get all this external feedback and things from their friends and family or whatever that's telling them no that's not how it's supposed to be so if that if the partner that you're with isn't willing to even listen to you and try and understand Mm -hmm. this shit you're putting you're setting yourself up to be basically horribly oppressed in this toxic ass relationship and no i don't recommend that shit at all Mm. at all it's like bringing the office home to your house yeah don't do that Mm -hmm. like if you if you're able to have conversations like that and if you do have you know the spoons to do that labor with your partner Mm -hmm. then that's a different story but you got to understand there's going to be a shit ton of work in there that you're going to end up having to do Mm -hmm. and if you if you're okay with that like for me it taught me so much and it helped me change my world view and in a way that helped me contextualize racism and whiteness and all that stuff in just a just a different way and now i can explain it differently i understand it differently i can see it and you know see the patterns better than i could before so in a weird way it it educated me Mm -hmm. in the way that you know 
there was no other way I was going to get that education necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that I do have it, yeah, somebody comes to me, I'm like, mm-mm. And I do. People will hit my inbox all the time. Like, I'm with this person. They did this thing. And honestly, almost all the time, I'm like, y'all need to break up. Like, yeah. you need to run. Is <laughs> right. it safe? Is mm-hmm. it safe for you to go? Go. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're not looking out for you. Mm-hmm. Like, and I give them real answers. I don't sugarcoat it. I don't, none of that. I'm mm-hmm. just like, this is... I just actually had somebody, and this one, he's a person of color, but not black, not a black person of color, hit me up and was like, so my partner's white. And he, you know, he's a social worker, so he un- understands a lot of the d- dynamics, and he's very liberal, blah, blah, blah. Yes. But he gets online, and he sees all this stuff where, you know, all this anti-white man stuff, and sometimes it makes him sad, it makes him depressed, he feels yeah, bad about himself. And oh, I'm just wondering no. how you, you know, do you deal with this in your relationship? I don't know anybody else to go to. Mm-hmm. What do you do? And I was like... I told him to get a fucking therapist because I can't be fucking handling all this shit for both of us. Yeah, And yep. that's what you need to do. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, it doesn't mean that you real. don't care about him or whatever, but there's a lot of labor that he has to do on his own to reconcile his feelings about this shit mm-hmm. and make sure it's a therapist who understands these dynamics. Hello. That's going to be the hard How part. Yes, you try to make me carry a white girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does come down to that. As the black, per- the black person in a relationship does almost all the emotional labor when it comes to racism, when it comes to white yeah. supremacy, when it comes to comfort and stuff and that's why i don't recommend those relationships because it, that you have to actively push back on that and say nah i'm not doing that shit right. you know you need to take care of you we're going to talk about you know how you fucking it up mm-hmm. and we need to fix this shit yeah. here's some reading materials mm-hmm. you know i'm gonna talk to you about them and right. that's cool because i want to talk about them yeah. You know what I mean? And I also mm-hmm. want to see where you fucking went wrong because yeah. you know? <laughs> you're going to go wrong and you do this because you love him okay <laughs> well i guess i'm trying to no i think i mean of course you You're as, like why am i still with him i guess to an extent i mean you as some because this is the other thing that i think about marriage as me as someone who has not been married right and who's like a full-grown person right so i thought as a younger person i thought i would get married in my 20s um and as why are you laughing at because i thought i would be married at 20 right <laughs> That was so this stupid. So, this is all so ridiculous. Yeah. All of it. I'm not even finished college yet. It's ridiculous. How do you do it? It's all <laughs> ridiculous. But when I think about myself and how much I've changed, I feel like mm-hmm. we all, we change with the seasons. Mm-hmm. I'm on some new shit every six months. Like, you know, we change so frequently that I, I know that the person that I would have married in my early 20s would be different than the type of yes. person I'd fuck with in my late 20s and yeah. the person that I would fuck with now, whatever. And so I... I can understand. I feel like if I were to get married now, it would have to be with somebody who knows that we're both about to be on some new shit every yes. six months. And we decide that we're going to be on some new shit, d- perhaps different new shit together, yes. but be okay that we're yeah. on this different mm-hmm. new shit and that we're going to be different and changing. It's a journey. Yep. Yes. So I guess um, in this instance, I guess I'm trying to understand why is it worth that labor for you? You know what I'm saying? And I imagine you both benefit from it because he, aside from being a violent white man, is there's a personality under there that you two connect in some way and he is loving and supportive and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? So I imagine there is value in that. <laughs> like, I'm, laughing, I'm like, it's violent white man. <laughs> right. it, it, I imagine there's... He's not an abuser. Okay. No, I don't but mean violent. I know what right, you right, said. Whiteness is violent. Yeah, no, whiteness. Right. Violent whiteness. Who don't understand. I mean the violent whiteness. He's not... Right. 
He sounds like a great violent. guy. Do you, you like we hear violence, guy. they think of physical violence? Yeah. That's not what we're talking about. No, we're not. Okay. We're not. We're just talking about the innate violence of whiteness <laughs> and particularly white liberalness to where they think they're doing so great. And I would have so voted for Obama. Yeah, all of that. All no, that okay. stuff. They think they're there for you. They think they're present. They say underhanded, sideways, racist things that they don't know are racist. And then when you point it out, there's the white fragility. It sounds like a lot of consistent like labor. So just um, your choice to continue this relationship. Why? So the gaps between the labor moments mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. get longer. Okay. That's good. Right. Mm-hmm. That helps a lot. Yeah. Like if it was like how it was in the first like three years, I'd be like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. What, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Um, so the gaps get longer, get wider. And... Um, <sighs> Divorce is expensive? No. No. No, because I've actually told him, I was like, listen, if this is not good for us anymore, I have absolutely no, like, he proposed to me and I was, I was not ready. Mm -hmm. And I said, yep. So, oh, this is horrible. I said yes because we were at Dragon Con, and I was like, "That's going to ruin the fucking con if I." It be I, like that, yo. Yeah, I don't, don't like propose to me at no don't event. Don't propose yo. to me. In I mean, and he don't. took us separate. Like, no, we were separate from everything. It was not a public proposal. We went out to uh, dinner or whatever. Uh-huh. I'm still kind of mad at him because he asked me to get out of my cosplay to go to dinner, and I was like, "You clearly don't understand how important this shit is right, to me." Right. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. But you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. It was an off year anyway, so it wasn't that bad. Okay. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> okay so like and i knew i wasn't ready so we were engaged for like two and a half years mm-hmm. before i was like okay we can do this but that's because i was waiting to see if i was going to end the relationship mm-hmm. i i am not a commitment person i did not see myself getting married um and i kept warning him because mm-hmm. i knew i was like listen i change a lot yeah i change fast i am constantly responding to stimuli in the environment and yeah. i'm adapting and growing with that mm-hmm. and if you can't do that if you can't you know do that with me or at least keep up or be willing to work with the new person that i'm going to become cuz mm-hmm. it's going to happen then this is never going to work you have to be willing to do this shit too and so that was a big part of it. And uh-huh. I was like, and if you're tired of talking about race, if you're tired of talking about racism, we're tired of being the racist in this relationship, we can stop seeing each other. You can find yourself a little white girl and never have to talk about this shit ever again. Mm-hmm. And he's like, why do you keep trying to throw me out? <laughs> <laughs> like, why do you keep trying to get right. rid of me? Did I say I didn't want to do it? Did I mm-hmm. say I wasn't willing to do the conversation? Did I wasn't going to learn? Did I, did, I mean, I'm here with yeah. you. And so, like, he just kept coming back and mm-hmm. being like i fucked up and sometimes them fights would be two three days mm-hmm. of us being like you fucked this up and then him being like well i'm gonna get evidence and then he would do all this research and couldn't find shit and realize <laughs> he was fucking wrong yeah. and so and then he'd be like all right i fucked that up mm-hmm. i was wrong i and i thought i was coming from an informed place and i wasn't and now and so like when mm-hmm. you're watching somebody do all this this labor themselves after a while like you're just like i mean they're they're trying yeah Mm -hmm. like they keep coming back and trying and i'm not you read my shit i don't Mm -hmm. pull punches right and he's still just like all right i'll i'll fucking figure it out so the thing even with the thing with the therapy the first time the white fragility came up He didn't bring it up. I brought it up. I was like, I feel bad sometimes because I talk about this stuff and I know it makes you feel bad. Mm -hmm. Like, I know it does. It can't be easy to hear this shit. He was like, that's my problem. Mm -hmm. That's not your problem. 
Mm-hmm. I have to figure out how to work this shit yeah. out. So that's no. right. Right. He's like, so Brother. don't don't mm-hmm. do that shit. Don't you know, I understand, but don't this is not your burden, it's my burden. Mm-hmm. And so like I didn't come to that realization on my own. I came mm-hmm. to that with him. Mm-hmm. Right. So All right, so he's making an effort. Okay. You like stop talking about it. Okay. You, I did them. not know that white nigga existed. Okay? I didn't For know. For a while. I didn't know. <laughs> I went to yeah. your website. I was like, what is white? Papa, who this man? Is there a picture? No. Oh, okay. No, but right. like, 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 wait. Exists. You know, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I picture people when I read. So it was like, who is right. this? Right. Yeah. Person? Yeah. It's it, and I guess I, I guess I think also kind of how I you picture talk Tom about. Hanks, by the way. Oh, wow. Oh, because he's a friendly white face. <laughs> <laughs> you are so ridiculous. He's <laughs> <laughs> so ridiculous. Did he you, is. Did you see That's, him as Mr. Rogers? No, is he is he in that movie? Oh my goodness, that's awesome! No, my mom is that's my mom's white man. You know, every you have, everybody has a white man. Yeah. That's like you know, he's the safe white guy. My one of mine is uh, Tony Danza. Wow, yeah, you say that. Often. Let me tell you something. If something comes out about Tony Danza, wow. I don't know. It's gonna take a lot for me to pull it back together. He has a new show on Netflix, by the way. Watch it. Anyway. <laughs> fucks with tony danza he's a new yorker and shit he'd be on broadway i'm not i've done this before i'm not gonna do it again i fucks with tony danza heavy anyway um yeah i i think kind of what you talk about about like black folks demonizing interracial relationships or some some black people demonizing the interracial relationship i can understand why that would be something that you didn't necessarily talk about often. No, no? I talk about it all the time. You okay. look at my site, I'm constantly writing about it. I'm okay. constantly writing about our relationship. It's not that. It's that in this relationship, he also has his story. Mm. I've asked him if he's okay with me telling his story. Mm-hmm. And he is like, nah, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> and so out of respect for his privacy, there's that layer mm-hmm. so that I, you know, I'm like, okay, I can tell you about mine and what right. happened here and so forth. And occasionally if somebody asks me a question, I will go to him and ask him and I'm saying somebody asked me about this, is it okay for me to share something with them? Right. But it's just respecting his privacy and his space. He didn't ask to be on this platform. He didn't yeah. ask mm-hmm. to be exposed in the way that he's being exposed by me. Mm-hmm. And so I try to you know protect him as much as i can yeah, from the fallout of that right that's true because i guess if i could match a face um Tom to the okay <laughs> if i could put his actual face i guess to the unfiltered ass stories that you tell <laughs> I, I could see how it would be more uncomfortable perhaps for him to have yeah. them shit because you like you really don't you really just fucking like tell that shit i'm like oh this is how i would feel if i was married to a white man wow right and mind you this is the thing he like he comes to conventions with me right he does he'll man my boots sometimes mm-hmm. like so it's not like he's like i'm hiding right you know all the time or that mm-hmm. we'll be walking through the con holding hands or so mm-hmm. if anybody knows who i am and they follow that work they know right. this is him yeah but th- there's levels to it like right. there's he doesn't want to be out there like that so i'm not going to put him out there like mm-hmm. that it's not necessary yeah. because to be honest with you it's my story mm-hmm. yeah he's 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 a character in my story yeah I like that a lot of times when I hear about interracial couples, it's usually about how the world interacts with them existing Mm -hmm. and not about how they interact with existing coming from these different spaces. So that's why for me, a lot of it was interesting, but it was like, I got to hear or read the, like the dirty shit, like the (laughs) the shit that nobody talks about, the amount of work that has to happen. Usually the stories that we 
see are like the highlight reels and then the world kind of like hating on them yeah mm-hmm. and to be yeah. honest with you that only happened that only started happening for me when mm-hmm. i started publishing about it that only started happening to me when i published my first essay online mm-hmm. um because Tariq he got a hold of it Ash. <laughs> I, hate that I like oh, i like that <laughs> like it's the Ash, ghost haunting yeah so he did a, a YouTube video about it, like wow. talking about. He dedicated it. a whole video. Wow. I don't know if it was a whole one. I think it was like a part of it. I never watched it. Mm-hmm. Like, don't. But he don't, need, he don't need your views. Mm-hmm. I went to like I went to bed like you know my essays published cool as everything. Mm-hmm. I woke up to all these you know you bedwench you Negro bedwench you mm-hmm. white man's whore you don't have kids with him like it was just wow. suddenly all this like Twitter violence and mind you I was new to Twitter at that point yeah. I think I've been on there six months mm-hmm. eight months something like that so. I started getting all this like nasty messages and tweets and shit and stuff on Facebook. And I was like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Like before that. And I know part of the reason why nobody gives a fuck is that I'm a fat black woman. Mm. Yeah. You know, he's a chunky white dude. Mm-hmm. Nobody's fighting for us. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, oh, your yeah, husband. Right. I was yeah. like, Tariq is not white. No, my husband. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Yeah. So yeah. no one's fighting to get us and all of that stuff. Right. Like, yeah. you know, we're not coveted by general yeah. society mm-hmm. in that way you didn't have the mcclure twins right. you know what i mean yeah, yeah. so exactly. no one gives a shit mm-hmm. you know i'm off the market Ooh, it just became nastiness of well she looks like the type oh, of course she one of them cosplay girls mm-hmm. you know, one of them nerd motherfuckers yeah, that kind of yeah, yeah he hates, he hates cosplayers he seeks, he seeks it out he seeks it out to harass people yeah like, that's that's how he found it because you fit that exact type of person somebody who's into geekdom nerddom yada 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 things that things that Tariq has decided are not black and (sighs) and then you also fit the mold of like someone that other people won't advocate for right yes this is the perfect Mm -hmm. person for me to fucking bully yes Mm -hmm. yeah and so yeah and it's like oh look he's of course she's with the white guy he's not attractive enough for any black man she's just the example of you know the black women who just let themselves go and Mm. you know they don't work to keep a man only a white man would take that like it was just a lot of nasty Nasty, mm, nasty, But nobody has the balls to say that shit to my face. Part no. of my friends, nobody will ever say that shit to he my face. He would not step in his Stacey Adams like, and walk to you. He would not. So I'm like, and comes the Atepa. Sorry, that's what I thought. About. And when it does <laughs> come to, you know, his favorite song is probably Return of the Mac. Oh, you know it is. Wow. You know it is. I saw probably, his music video. Right? That's the only thing we no, have in common. I don't, that's violence. I didn't oh, okay. Yeah, I heard about it, but I'm not giving. I, him I watched. I had to look at it and be like. No, the ashes well, video I just, I just had to see what just a little bit like right. i didn't believe it was true yeah like i had to be like is this really yeah. some shit that he did mm-hmm. yeah he did oh wow mm-hmm. but um as far as like people in public i mean we live in georgia so like there are certain spaces where i'm aware that white people look at us yeah and it's always like because he when i used to associate with his friends they always went outside of atlanta like way north of atlanta mm-hmm. and areas where you go in there and there might be one black person who works in the back and mm-hmm. i was like i am uncomfortable as fuck in this space right. yeah like when they took we went to helen georgia which is they should just stop hell georgia mm-hmm. it is this like little podunk town that has decided that it wants to be little germany but not nazi germany but you know they have the wiener schnitzel and Sounds all of that it, yeah right <laughs> it sounds very sundown so we go up there and they're they want to go shopping and first off i'm not a big shopper second i'm definitely not a shopper in junk stores mm-hmm. like where they just got a whole bunch of little shit that you Knick-knack put on the counter and knock out mm-hmm. knock over and break yeah but we walk into one and they got a whole bunch of like mammy salt shakers oh, no. mm-hmm. right and i'm like what and i'm looking at it 
and his friends are like, oh, it's no big deal. And he's just like, yeah, it's just, this was early in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't let this bother you. I was like, oh, I'm going to let this motherfucking bother me. Mm. The fuck's wrong with you? Yeah. Like, you understand what I'm looking at? Yeah. Like, what? And you're going to act like I'm overreacting? Mm-hmm. This is, this is nasty. This is vile. So, but in that space, I was very conscious of being black. I was mm-hmm. very conscious of being there with all these white people. Yeah. I was very conscious of... And I was like, I'm not doing trips like this again, yeah. ever. I'm not putting myself in these spaces where I feel vulnerable. I say that. Then I went to his family's place for Christmas, and it was the same shit. And then mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not doing that shit anymore. In fact, when mm-hmm. I watched Get Out, I wrote about this too. Mm-hmm. When I watched Get Out. Yeah, I read this one. Oh, you did? Because <laughs> I was like, I did all that shit that he did in that movie. Mm. I didn't know where the fuck I was. The only thing I had in my favor was that I drove so right. I could get to the car. I didn't know where we were. If the okay. GPS didn't work, I was going to be trapped. There was a, We were in a house with his friends and then like friends of the friends. And the friends of the friends wouldn't even talk to us. Mm. Like They acted like we weren't even fucking there. This was Christmas. Wow right so like the whole thing was uncomfortable and i was like and if they decided that they were just gonna auction my ass off mm-hmm. you know yeah. i mean they had to catch me and they might have some of them looked athletic mm-hmm. so, <laughs> mm-hmm. that shit could have happened and i right. walked out to get out like i should get divorced mm-hmm. and not fuck with this no more and i went home i just looked at him i just just watched <laughs> Did you drink tea? I was no. I, I was just like now. this motherfucker might. Whoa, That's That's whoa! Like yeah. I, mine was blown. I was upset. Mm-hmm. So like yeah, and the whole time you're telling yourself well, it's, it's probably fine. You're not going to do that. Nothing will happen. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. I'm like, That's how I'm gonna die. Being like it'll be fine, mm-hmm. and then they find my body chopped up out back. Whoa. I ain't going to that shit no more. Okay. So yeah, there you go. Good. There are protective measures that I've taken. His mom mm-hmm. got sick earlier this year and was in the hospital thought she was going to die and he was like you're coming down with me right and i was like nah Mm. i'll support you from here Mm. i'll call you every day i'm not coming down there what you mean i was like it's not safe for me down there and you're Mm. not going to protect me with your family you're vulnerable Mm. to your family and i'm vulnerable to you i'm not doing it Mm. so handle it and that was a huge blowout fight and honestly i thought we might get divorced after that like Mm. i didn't know how that was going to go so yeah, it, there are still situations that rise up, but a lot of it is now me protecting my space and him having to respect that. Mm. And so it, it does. It just it has a ripple effect with everything. Wow. That was fucking intense as hell, yeah. <laughs> but again, yeah. it's not all at once. We're no, I know. Years. Right. Yes, of course. My of back course. hurts just hearing all the time. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh shit. When I'm stressed like labor. My back hurts. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. That's funny. Yeah, we don't really, I feel like we don't really get into, you know, maybe we, we might have talked about interracial relationships like once because of that whole thing that came out about, we. I think I think I may have talked about like actual racist white folks in interracial relationships. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like actual actively yeah. fucking Trump supporters, clan members, sense. yada, yada, yada. But the, little, the weekend I met my husband, um, actually, so that I was... I think I activated the profile on Match.com mm-hmm. or Plenty of Fish or whatever because yeah. I was like, if somebody asks me out, I'll go. Mm-hmm. And two people asked me out. 
my husband, and this other white guy. And I was like, we're all coming to Dragon Con. We can mm-hmm. meet at Dragon Con, whatever. You know, I'll swap y'all out. It don't matter. <laughs> and the the other dude was like hanging out with my black friends and with me. Every time I wasn't around, he was around them being like, where's she at? Do you think she likes me? Blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Fast forward three years. That motherfucker is a hardcore racist. Right. Now, huge Trumper. Like, mm-hmm. like and he was seeking me and i still don't understand well it's the same it's the same mentality that had um black mothers nursing white babies they were allowed to do that you know what i'm saying but still not considered human Mm -hmm. it's the same mentality that feeds this fascination with interracial porn that is always labeled and overpowered with this like context of race Mm-hmm. As opposed to just, oh, here's two people having sex. No, it's, look at this big, big black ravenous cock. black yeah. such and such, you know. And two white girls. Right. Uh-huh. Like, it's, it's all of those overtones. So, the, the attraction it can exist, you know what I'm saying, within this still context of very, like, racist, racialized, like, bullshit. And... For people who don't, that might be the perfect thing for a white man who doesn't even believe in racism or that it exists. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, in any way, yeah, then exactly. it's like, oh, I'll just, I'm not racist. Yeah, I'll marry and fuck a black woman. Like, that's lovely. And still be, like, actively, and we're not talking about, like, passive, like, white violence. We're talking about, like, active mm-hmm. racist, yeah. you know, motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. So, yes, yeah, so I think we talked about that once. But otherwise, I haven't really found the conversation of interracial, like, marriage or dating, like, interesting. I know a lot of other podcasts have at least, you know, a few episodes lying. on it. Right. They, yeah, it's always been. It's always the high rail. It's always. Right. We went to this diner. And, and somebody did or said this to us. This black woman was like, you betrayed us. Some, yeah, you betrayed her. How right. dare you? You're going to do it to the sisters. Right. And then <laughs> yeah. she t- it's always that dumbass Yeah, it's always me. something yeah. like super basic. super, <laughs> And it's super like oftentimes things that were made up. And so it was nice, I think, in your story to really read about like the challenges like within the relationship of navigating whiteness and navigating that that passive racism that exists there from quote-unquote well-meaning people so i thought that that was really interesting and then a lot of what you found online which is like what i always see is either you know you deal with the relationship and not burden your partner with Mm -hmm. your blackness and talks of race where they're making themselves smaller in their marriage right or relation whatever however they are yeah Mm -hmm. Or that conversation like, oh, we're all one. Erasing it. So they either minimize themselves or they erase themselves. And I'm like, nah, I'm not down with that plan. In fact, that's the funny thing about it. And I actually got, I grew. Mm -hmm. I got bigger. I got louder. I got more willing to talk about these complicated things. Mm -hmm. Um, it, It ended up weirdly amplifying me and helping me amplify myself in the way I gained more confidence about being able to recognize this stuff because I learned so much mm-hmm. by living it that I was like, now nah, I can speak with authority on this shit. Mm-hmm. I watched them do this shit. Mm-hmm. I watched them do this shit repeatedly. They don't give a fuck. Y'all mm-hmm. need to not fuck with them. <laughs> <laughs> Save yourself. You're in danger, girl. <laughs> Watch out. Thank you for talking to us about cosplay and your writing. Tell us where to find you and all the things. Promote anything. Tell us where to buy your shit. All that shit. All right. So I got a webpage. It's talentkel.com. I'm actually going to revamp it for next year because I, I actually end up revamping it like every year, I mm-hmm. think. Because cool. you evolve. Yeah. Right. So, but talentkel.com, all my writing is there. So if you are like, 
one thing that's important to me is that it's accessible. The stories themselves, right. they're accessible to people. I, I'm not giving it out for free. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you can buy the books on Amazon. You yeah. can buy them from me at a con or whatever if you want to have a hard copy or something right. that you can pass off to yeah. someone else because mm-hmm. I think they're educational in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you are willing to sift through basically a couple hundred essays on my website because mm-hmm. I write a lot. Yeah. Right. Um, you can go there and see, read them, you know, at the library or for free or borrow a tablet or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have a store on the site where if you want to buy um, art, prints, or whatever, I also do those at conventions where I'm a guest. Then you can buy some of the prints. I actually only did my favorites, which are the power poses. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> And then I'm Talon Kell on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. Um, I have a Facebook page and the profile. So either one, Adam, you'll have access to me. Gotcha. And I do answer questions and Talon Kell at gmail.com. Hey. Not all questions. Some of your questions are real ignorant. I'm not fucking with you. <laughs> like, I'm not going to answer. I'm just going to be like the Same in our inbox. It do be the same. We say nothing but a word. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll put the links to all that cool shit. And I do have a Patreon. Hey, yes. So Hit the if Patreon, you want to give me money, um, yes. you don't get nothing special. Okay. Actually, it's not true. I do let you see for if you're at the $10 level, mm. you can get a behind the scenes, something that I would not release to the public. Usually something okay. where I fucked up. Okay. And I'm like, okay, see how? And I'll give you mm-hmm. like the story behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what you get at the $10 level. I call it like the true behind the curtain. But the Patreon really is only about the you know, creation process mm-hmm. and all the things that I'm trying to do and the right. things I'm learning. So it's, it's, I think it's beneficial for people who want to be independent creators, yeah. but mm-hmm. if you're like, no, I want to know about all your cosplay stuff. I'm not doing tutorials or any right. of that shit. Yeah. Right. And also I have a YouTube channel and I'm sort of telling Kel on there where I actually interview black creators, okay. mm-hmm. um, ind- independent creators. So you can check out those. If anybody's looking for other creators to possibly for content or whatever, I only interview black creators. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm on a podcast yes. called New Wakanda. Shout it out, shout it's it out. It's on SoundCloud. You see how I do all this other shit? And people shit. be like, Talon Kelly, she's that cosplayer. And I'd be like, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yes. I'm in a lot of different spots and you can access all of that, you know, via Facebook, via Twitter, via mm-hmm. Instagram, or on my webpage. Gotcha. And we'll Fantastic. have all of those links in our show notes. Yep. So yes, we will. It's clickable. You can find it. That's right. Well, thank you for coming and playing with us oh, and shit. hanging out with us. Thank you for having me. Of I'm course. excited to be here. You yes. know that, right? Yes. I asked you. Yes. I was like, I will make this work. Okay. So <laughs> let's let's preface this also. Yes. She asked me, and also I know her already. <laughs> <laughs> so I, y'all can also y'all can ask, but please don't expect like, oh, oh yeah. Talon asked, and she was on. We, like generally, when it comes to our guests, we've only had one guest who we didn't know and that was the woman from UR Kelly. Generally, yes. all of our guests is someone that we know, we interact right. with and we feel safe with. Right, yes. So not does anybody just come up yeah. in this shit. Right. It's right. the point. We so try to make it. I'm, I'm sitting here in Talon's shirt that I purchased for this. Yeah, uh, and let's also be fair, you didn't give me a yes until you talked to Queen. Oh, so, no, absolutely yeah. not. Like, yeah. So yeah, it, I had to go through a vetting process right. for a moment. So it's the whole thing. So yes, also, yes, you can hit us up and ask us and stuff like that but please don't think that we're gonna say yes yeah <laughs> that's all 
Because the probability. Yeah, that's all. We have, we've done, what is this, episode 176 is about to be, and we've interviewed maybe 15 people, because it's just not an interview show. We yeah. like to talk right. to people that we fuck with. We talk to people about things that we're interested in. Or they have perspectives that we right. don't quite have the range I'm already for. a fan of yours. Oh, so, like, you. you know, that's yeah. like... That's why you're here. <laughs> All right. All right. So, um, I think we did a show. We did a motherfucking show. We did a show and a half. <laughs> yes. We, we, did we did a lot of shows. We show. did do a show and a half. Um, be sure that you are following us and subscribed and shit. Wherever you're listening to this show, be, so, be sure that you are subscribed, please. If you are listening to us on iTunes, make sure you are subscribed. Make sure that you have given us a five-star rating. We appreciate that shit. Yes. SoundCloud, be sure to follow us wherever it is that you St- are listening. Spotify. Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> Stitcher, wherever you're at, please be sure your, your support is reflected in that subscribe and follow and shit like that. Yeah. So we really appreciate that. If you can do that, please. And also rate us if you can, please. And be sure you're following us on all the social medias. We are at T with QJ on Twitter and Instagram. We are T with Queen and J on Facebook and Tumblr. You can check out our website, T with Queen and J.com. And as always, you can send us T mail at T with Queen and J at gmail.com. That is also where you can send us T mail, where you can say, Hey, can I be on your show? Here's why. <laughs> yes, I am a black woman and or femme. Yeah, this is, is why it would be lit. Yeah. Once again, uh, we have a live show coming up on December 10th. Please say the date. We will be providing you with more details and information coming soon. We're super excited about it. Please get super excited about it. We want you all there with us. Um, Talon, you have anything to add? Uh, no, I'm kind of with you. Follow me. Rate my book if you read it. Rate mm-hmm. either one of them. And yes. yeah, you can hit me up on anywhere and follow me because it makes me feel good. Yeah, <laughs> do that. And she's another person you can give your money to, yo. Yeah. Pay black women. Yep, it's yep, true. Yep. Hashtag. Right. Hashtags. Hashtag T with QJ. Hashtag Pod and Live. Hashtag Pod and Live NYC. Hashtag Pods in Color. Disability to White. Spoonie Chat. 4C here, mm-hmm. hashtag in a whole uprising, hashtag Marsha's plate. plate, hashtag bag ladies, hashtag queer walk pod, mm-hmm. hashtag se- sexually liberated woman, hashtag we said stop killing trans women. We could say it again. Stop yep. killing hashtag trans- stop killing trans, trans women, women. hashtag you yep. okay, sis? Maybe he doesn't hit you. This podcast was recorded, produced, yes. and written. Yes. Now, a woman named Naima uh-huh. and a woman named Janicia. Okay. Engineered at ND Creative Network Studios. Peace. Peace out. Any alado for you, Any alado for you,